Hello <laughs> and welcome <laughs> to the Salacast on Wednesday, the 29th of December, 2021. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Rob appears to have had a plane crash on his way back from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Kemp. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I hurt my head. <laughs> Mexico is very close by these days. It is, yeah. It's like a two-second flight. <laughs> the anti-social distancing. <laughs> it's real, got real close for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite good in a way if you're a taco fan. Now those tacos are real close. If you're a taco fan, yeah. Or big hats. Isn't Ben Affleck back together with Jennifer Lopez? Is he? <laughs> yeah, that's how I heard. Oh God, no! You're you're, you're, you're referencing that South Park joke, aren't you? Okay. Yeah, taco taco burrito. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's not Mexican at all, is she? No. no, it's just so stupid. No, she's yeah, not. not at all. Not in the least. <laughs> uh, stupid. Well, I guess that's how Forza. Now we know how Forza Horizon Five was made, right? It's like if Mexico and UK are real close to each other. It's like <laughs> what they went from one to the other. Yeah, just walked, walked over there in like two seconds. Some easy location research. Yeah. Do you think they just pick where they're going to do so that they can? go there and have a nice time but then they picked oh, their yeah. home but then they were lazy one year and they were like we'll just stay in the UK <laughs> like, maybe they've done should. that this one. time yeah, yeah. 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 it would have made sense wouldn't it it's like we can we can social distance in our own country and make the game we want to make yeah no I think the UK one came around because they were just like we, have, we, should, we should probably do this right, given that we're here I want to tell that to Rockstar <laughs> As we always say, yeah, yeah, Edinburgh, wouldn't it? If it was, if they were doing it, I was watching some footage of uh, San Andreas because oh, yeah, of those yeah. remasters, and of oh, course, yeah, there's it's... just there's just the fourth bridge from Edinburgh is just right there in the middle of California, <laughs> <laughs> right? It, yeah. For some reason, in San Andreas, like it's perfectly recreated. It's not even like a riff on the fourth bridge. It's just the fourth bridge is just right there <laughs> for some reason in San Andreas. Really weird. I mean, why not? Well, I guess, yeah. Only, only the people from the UK would have ever noticed. Yeah. It's not a bridge you really use, that one, in San Andreas, I, I don't think. I don't know if it's a road bridge or rail bridge like in real life. I think it's probably a rail mm. bridge. Um, but it goes like... It's like the equivalent of the Bay Bridge, I guess. Not the Golden Gate, because that's recreated as the Golden... Pretty much right. the same. Yeah, I know, I know what bridge. you mean. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, possibly. For the sake, Sam... Sake? Fake San Francisco Bay. But they took all the orange. I think the Golden Gate Bridge would be like super copyrighted at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know because it is like their one major landmark that everyone in the entire goddamn world knows. They could probably charge more for destruction, right? As well, yeah. like you need to, you need to blow up the. <laughs> I don't think you can hurt it, can you? In that game, well, no, no, no destruction physics in that. Old no, game. so they'd have had a they'd have had a slightly cheaper license than I don't know the Avengers or or every film ever. It uses yeah. that constantly. <laughs> What was that platinum shooter that I've forgotten the name of? Did begin with a V? You were like in a rocket suit. Yeah. Oh yeah. That 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 blew that, up. 
right at the start of the game. That that, that boiled the sea. Yeah, it's because they always like, destroy San Francisco like that. Yeah. I think last time we talked about that game, whatever the hell it's called. What is gone. it called? It's definitely a V. I'm, yeah. Vin- yeah. Not vengeance. <laughs> Something like That game was weird and cool. It's, it's awesome. I love yeah. that game. But like that boiling the sea under the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm sure we've talked about this before in the podcast because I remember making this exact same comment. That's the exact same at the start of that terrible movie, The Core. Where oh, the right. magnetic yeah. field fucks up and it boils the sea under the Congo bridge and melts it. It's like it's the exact same thing. But that location is always <laughs> and that's shit happening in Star Trek. Well, I mean, in Star, Star Trek. Trek, it happens a lot because like the whales always there in the voyage home, right? Although that was San Diego, wasn't it? But like the the Star Trek, what well, what's it? The Federation headquarters is right, right there. there. Yeah, yeah. So they always have like something happen just in the bay, right next to it, for some reason. And they still, for some reason, have that same bridge, essentially. Yeah, yeah, they didn't change it. Vanquish. Oh, yeah, Vanquish, yeah. That was, I mean, gameplay-wise, it was good. That's a hell of a game, yeah, yeah I love but it. Yeah, but style-wise, it was awesome. Weren't you fighting the space Soviets in that? <laughs> yes. Were you? Yeah, yeah, I like that kind of stuff. Because they decided not to go with space Nazis for a change. <laughs> space <laughs> Soviets. What other game has that? Warzone, no, sorry, Battle Zone 2. Doesn't that have space as communists? Space Soviet? Mm, yeah, maybe. I seem to remember one of the factions. Huh. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember Battlezone 2 that much. And I suppose, like, Red Alert. Like, <laughs> well, 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 they're not so, technically Space Soviets. I'm going to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Straight up regular Soviets. Space. <laughs> <laughs> they, only get to, they only get to be space in, like, the third game. That's such Before a... that, it's time travel Soviets. <laughs> right, yeah, it's time travel Soviets. <laughs> I thought, no, who has the time travel? Well, the Allies have it to yeah, start with, Allies but then in it. the expansion of Red Alert 2, the Soviets get it and fuck up everything, basically, oh, <laughs> as okay. they tend to. In the expansion to the first game? To Red Alert 2. To Red Alert 2, yeah, yeah. Yuri's Revenge. Yeah. Isn't they that they the travel back my... in time in, in, I think, San Francisco again, and then kill a bunch <laughs> of dinosaurs, and then it fucks up history as you do. Because isn't there a combo in that game where you can, like, put bombs, attach bombs to a cow and then mind control the cow? Yep, you and, like, <laughs> and then move the cow into the enemy base. Amazing. It's not actually as helpful as it's Not that useful, yeah. Well, because I'm sure someone would be like, what's this suspicious cow? Well, also cows are super slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes ages. Not like the bomb trucks in, uh, in CNC Generals. Mm. They used to, that, that was always John's tactic. Oh, the G had Jeeps. Yeah. They were just <laughs> Not built. Jeeps, though. They were like full on dump Yeah, they were just dump places. trucks with a big pile of. Like, it had a texture in them dump that looked, looked like it probably was just like a pile of random shells and shit that they just chucked in there <laughs> and <then> blew up. <laughs> you just drove into the enemy base. That was pretty, I don't know, edgy. It was very war on terror, those sort of CNC generals era stuff. Well, they called the GLA. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and they just had like. Pretty racist, that you know, the barks or whatever. I mean, yeah, they were stereotyped <laughs> and hideously accented, and hmm. they build for China. <laughs> Wait, that was the Chinese I love way. that. China will grow larger. I mean, that's pretty much what they're doing. <laughs> Literally building islands in the middle of the sea. See, that would have been a game mechanic for the yeah 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 well building and, so then you, well, you have air one, bases on them because it's, it's like the, that game especially was like meant to be more non-symmetric than previous yeah, yeah, it was. Games it's meant especially. to be it's meant to be but then if you had just like one of the teams essentially was the only one with access to terraforming so they could they could actually change the map <laughs> terraform that's a i mean that mechanic hasn't hmm. it's like populous had yeah. terraforming but that mechanic hasn't been 
that pro that prominent in RTSs no. these days. I mean, they've tried it a few times. Yeah, they, they did. It was sort of using that weird like grey goo one, right? Oh right, yeah. Where you you combine them basically just a big lump of nanites that just <laughs> flatten the drain and also created units. Hmm. I'm surprised there isn't a spin-off Minecraft RTS of some kind. And they've only just tried to do a Diablo, so give them a while. Right. Give them okay. a while more. <laughs> they perhaps could have gone that way with the Supreme Commander games, right? Given the their whole tech thing was about nanobots and nanites and things. Yeah. They probably could have done something there if they wanted to. Could you make populace in Minecraft by like zooming out and then deforming the Maybe. Um, I don't know how much Do Minecraft mods allow for that level of control. Yeah, um, well, kind of. The trouble is, I'm not sure it'd be very I'm not sure it's very easy in Minecraft to like decouple the like player like the point of view essentially. Yeah. It all, always is your fate it's always a character even if you're flying around or whatever and then that kind of limits your interaction. You can only influence stuff directly in front of you. Really Unless you're using much. a lot of scripting, I guess, but then no. I don't know how extensive that actually is in Minecraft's command block system thing. Mm. Minecraft. Because whenever you see like Maybe someone's made battleships in Minecraft or whatever, and then it's, obviously it's just like a giant redstone computer behind the actual game board, but when you're interacting with it, it's still just like push the Minecraft buttons that are on the console mm. in front of you to oh, actually control right, the thing. Right, right. <laughs> it's no fun. I mean, it's kind of... I mean, it's fun to think about, but not actually fun to play. Well, no. Mainly because every computer in Minecraft runs incredibly slow. You know, if you ever see a video of something looking cool in Minecraft, it's probably super sped up. Sped up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like the most recent one of those that I'd seen on YouTube is like a thumbnail. It's like this Minecraft computer is a one hertz computer. <laughs> it's like holy shit, they made it to one. <laughs> wow, that's still quite impressive. Actually. Yeah, fairly. Yeah, not bad. That they made it that fast in Minecraft Engine because yeah, that's, I saw stuff about what we the the Atari twenty six hundred emulators quite impressive. <laughs> like they've made one of those in Redstone. It's insane. But how fast does that run? Incredibly slowly. <laughs> Like, ridiculously slowly, but it does actually work. Madness. Well, we're in one room. I'm here for crimbo, limbo, or whatever you call it, Yay. the in between period. I saw the the phrase crimbo, limbo was actually used by, by the BBC in a news headline. <laughs> I was really? like, what? <laughs> that can't be real. That's a you're, Rob word. <laughs> you're, you're slipping. No, crimbo, limbo is not, not just my thing. No, I know it's not, but it's, it's, a, it's a Rob word. It's, they're, they're slipping. The beeb, the beeb shouldn't be so callous. We're in the studio here with newly equipped with microphone booms well, rather I mean, than like taping the microphones to like random, <laughs> random well when we need a third mic yeah. stands and stuff like that stick it to a random it's all getting very pro in here i can see rob's got an amiibo of bowser that's just plucked a rebel snowspeaver out of the air <laughs> yes yes indeed yes a participant in the battle of half bowser wins all yes <laughs> unless you try and use it in smash brothers in which case it's probably still level one it's no. <laughs> a good question, actually. I probably have used that that one in in Smash. Well, because it was you made it oh, the blue browser. Yeah, but that would have been Smash for Wii U. Oh, you might not have updated it. Well, bit... yeah, but it retains the information. Oh, does it? Because they they made a big deal about they, that. When they made they it back to Smash Ultimate originally. They were like, huh. your your FP data will be retained. Oh, okay. In which case, so you probably haven't used it in Ultimate, but it might still have. It might, still, it might still work. Where is the NFC sensor on the Switch? Just on one of the Joy Cons, yeah. Oh, is I it? think it's next to the home button. Okay. Yeah. Amiibo. 
<laughs> still going. Still probably going they strong. They right? still make Amiibo, yeah. But oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know if the, there's many... The, the sort of support for them in games has got yeah, much, like, less much less. Yeah, Naturally. As was inevitable. Like Mies. Like Mies, yeah. I think they're a success, though, then. I mean, as, well, as, as just cool little as statues, they are yeah. well made. Yeah. I mean, I've got... There's, there's some more... I don't think they're in here, but I've got some more somewhere. This is, oh, yeah, they're here behind this thing. Mm. There's, there's, the, oh, yeah. there's the Mario 30th Anniversary Edition in pixel form, which is pretty cool. The Sonic one. There's a Zero Suit Samus at the back there and a Splatoon 2 one. Pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you might be looking forward to using them again, using your Splatoon ones again in Splatoon 3, because presumably right. they might still... They might unlock something. Yeah, they yeah. might unlock some random thing. <laughs> As they have just previously. an armor set, it wasn't yeah. before. Um, I think they was that the way you got different weaponry in the campaign in Splatoon One. Is that how they? How oh they yeah, they, that? they originally that was like a weird unlock instead of wins Splatoon Two, where that's just how the game worked then. Yeah, they, you had to have. Yeah, there were three different weapon sets you could play the campaign with, but you had to have the either Squid Boy, Squid Girl, or Squid. Yeah, Superstar DJ. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, so we're here. And so this is our traditional game of the year time. Uh, but we think this time we're going to do change up the format a bit and just have a, do a, a bit of a chat about <laughs> it. Change up the format yeah. by just not doing it. By maybe not <laughs> doing it. Because let's face it, it's not the it's best not, year. It's not been a great year. None but, of us have played really the same stuff or have no. been particularly passionate about the same stuff. So no. fighting things is going to be tricky. Wow. I, so it doesn't really make sense for us to have a salad cast award no i don't think so i mean we've done it 10 years <laughs> more so this would have this, this, yeah we've done it 11 yeah so we're, we're skipping a year after our streak has ended our streak is i mean we're still doing it <laughs> yeah. I mean, ish. right yeah so we're gonna like run through uh some of the games we played that we enjoyed uh uh mostly uh rob and zach with their slightly <laughs> different rob. perspectives on things and uh yeah, rather than it being a whole, oh, this was a bad year, bummer, we'll just talk about the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's some bad stuff that might be worth mentioning <laughs> yeah. as well here. Because sure. I'm just looking at the top of this list, and it, I think we'd be remiss to mention what a train wreck Ballad Wonderworld was. What a hilarious nightmare that thing yeah, but everyone is. Everyone knew that was going to be bad. That's like, when we go back to our old school categories, that's definitely not most surprise. No, no. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of a... It's frustrating, isn't it? Because, you know, it's Yuji Naka. He's like one of the godfathers of Sonic. Has he ever made a good game that isn't a Sonic game? Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. That's like a medium good game. <laughs> <laughs> medium. It's a medium, medium game. game. But no, he's not. he's not exactly been on top form for a long time i think it's safe to say has he been on top form ever that's the actual question sonic one and two <laughs> does those do those count though yeah. i mean like i figure when you at this point when you're talking about ga- like the original of games that of that like literally original video games i think you, it's always like <laughs> original video games. you get a pass on those where it's just like they can be practically anything and it's gonna be good because they're like the first <laughs> i mean they, they, they could you can make the first and it's bad well sure but you have a much much larger leeway to be able to be like, this is something new and original, and therefore everyone believes it to be good. Because I don't know. I think Sonic been... came around at the point when there were definitely good games and bad games. Enough time had passed since so- Sonic Space came War. Around when, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sonic came around when Sega really needed a, a, a booster. 
yeah, to help, and it worked to help the Genesis, and and yeah, it was exactly what they needed. But also, then then it's like, how much do you really put that put that on one guy? Because it's oh, yeah. Sonic oh, was no, definitely no, no. like a whole. They had a plan. No, here's the, <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. Yuji Naka's the famous one, but he's not actually the inventor of Sonic. That yeah. goes to someone else whose name I always forget, yeah. and I'm really, and then that really bothers me that I forget. But it's um, uh, but yeah, no, he's not. He's not the inventor of Sonic. He's the key game designer of Sonic, but seems to have lost his touch in the past thirty years. Well, it's 30, because he, he, years, didn't, yeah. he didn't do anything else. He made a lot of Sonic games, and then whenever he's trying to make a different game, it's not worked. Nights. Nights into Dreams. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Nights. Nights is only good for being a part of Sonic Pinball. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Nights table was pretty decent as one of the two options you had in that game. Yeah, was, that was a, was that, a G, that was the G, GBA, James Game Boy Color game, wasn't it? Was it, was it GBA? I can't remember. I think it was probably GBA. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Sonic Pinball. It was a decent, decent... Not Sonic Pinball. A decent, decent shitty old school portable pinball game of that era. <laughs> oh, but was it as good as Pokemon Pinball? Oh, no, probably not. Pokemon Pinball was pretty, was pretty ace. Yeah. Because you, you could catch them all. You, you <laughs> that's, could. Obviously, that's obviously all you need. You could catch them all. And, then, and obviously, the ball was the Pokeball. Yeah. Like, and you just mash it against the Pokeball until they get captured. Did you <laughs> that's how Pokeball works. Yeah, I think so. They had, well, I mean, it was original the, the Pokeball, original so it was like 150. Yeah. Still, that's not bad. It was pretty cool. Pretty addictive. Yeah. Okay, so Salakar's game of the year. Pokemon Pokemon Pokeball. <laughs> Man, we'll have to revisit that. Whatever year that, that was. God, yeah. We'll have to revisit that at some point. Put that in the pinball series on the video. <laughs> videos. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Backbone was weird. It's not going to win anything. Its music was tight, though. I'll give it credit for that. It had a good look and it had good music, but boy, did the narrative let it down. And it it disappoints itself, which is weird. It's like it's one of the. I don't know how often have you you come across a game where it's like the first portion of it is really something great and then it just falls apart afterwards like i'm trying to think how many times that happens and it's like not many really where it's mm. where the opening is the is the best bit i mean there's a there's avon colony where the game just isn't finished well, yeah. <laughs> but i was thinking of things like maybe like shadow of the empire, shadow of the empire. Yeah. i was thinking that where the opening the is fantastic was amazing yeah and you don't just need anything else talking of snow speeders getting plucked out the air by <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and you don't really need anything else that was great Although it was topped by the level of uh, from uh, Rebel Assault Two, uh, no, sorry, not Rebel Assault. What do I think of uh, Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Squadron Two? Yeah, yeah, not Rebel Assault Two. Was that actually that might be called Rebel? It might was it Rogue? Oh no, it was something. It's Rogue Squadron Two, Rogue Leader. Rogue Leader, that's yeah. it. Yeah, something on the GameCube. Yes, yeah, that was pretty good. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that was a bit of a disappointment. Chivalry 2 did not disappoint, though. That was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's a madness, and it's great fun. And I was going to potentially give it best audio thing if we were doing that for just the ludicrous screams. For that. Like, ah. like, it might have been just... It's not really an audio thing, I guess. It's just like best audio design <laughs> Is that in not general. an audio thing? I think that's the exact definition of an audio thing. The whole thing. game is that. It's, like, it's, the, it's the audio design of that game. is fantastic. <laughs> you mean... Fantastic, as in real dumb and stupid. Yep. <laughs> yep. In a dumb way. That is exactly what I mean. There's a little bit of pure that, entertainment, isn't there? A tiny 
tiny puddle of depth to the to the combat. Oh no, the, no, the, the, the com- yeah. I mean, it very rarely plays out that way, but they have thought about the combat yeah. system and tried to make it so you can it, be good at it. it. Tried, and, and I'm pretty sure I've come against people who are genuinely good at it, good at yeah. it, and are fighting properly and are winning all the time. And it's right. like, and then they come up against me, and I'm like, swing my <laughs> Just swing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shiver is a laugh. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not we we played XO one nothing really to say there. Now we're on to Zach's one game that came out this the year. One game, and the, uh... like kind of surprisingly came out because it's been in early access, obviously, mm. for ages, and then suddenly became a one point factory town. But you know, there's not much to say about that. It's it's one of those games that I play, but it's sort of B tier in your. In yeah. your in... I don't know if it's B tier. It's like triple B. <laughs> triple B. Triple B. <laughs> Except I, except the A tier ones aren't AAA either in my games. No. I don't play AAA games. Really. Games, no, too expensive. But, but yes, I think Factory Town ranks fairly high in the Factory <laughs> games that I've played rankings, but not like you know it's never going to compare to the top of the list like Factory or whatever. Mm. <laughs> but is it is it um, complicated enough? <laughs> It it kind of is, but it, like it still suffers from like it, it's trying to do things that are complicated, but it's suffering under its own like UI essentially. Right, like not exactly the UI, like the way you interface with the game just makes everything very slightly awkward, which right. in the long term just kind of gets annoying. Right, like when you're you have you're like. When you have like a building selected or whatever, and and then you want to deselect it, you right click. But if you happen to be building a path, right click deletes paths. So if your cursor happens to be over a path when you right click to unselect building a path, you just delete the path instead. Right. Yeah. And then you have to rebuild it, and then you uh, have to move your cursor off the path and then right click. Yeah, so that's like, bad. That, those are the kind of little tiny things that build up over time. Where it's right. like this yeah. could be slightly cleaner. They needed a delete tool to switch to, or another key. Yeah, to but hold then or... that's even more inconvenient because you're like, now mm. I have to go to a whole different tool to actually be able to delete things. And they do have that, like they have a delete column tool where it just deletes everything in the space and the space above it. Or maybe they needed an unselect function, like or like I don't know. That's quite that's that's not that easy a problem to solve. Just like it's an inconsistency. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but like which is the problem. But to keep it as a one click action, yeah, I would have said you just make it so that. I don't know. I mean, I guess the inconsistency is that you can delete paths with right click. Mm. <laughs> like you can't delete buildings with right click. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, perhaps that shouldn't be allowed. Or have. But then again, you need then you need the tool, and then yeah. that's an extra click, and then it's. But then that's how it's always been done, right? Like Sims, I'm thinking of SimCity. It's like you have to get that bulldozer out. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That was quite fun having a bulldozer I mean, to, to represent. It to <laughs> yeah. Surely the the answer is just a modifier, right? You just hold control. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something, something yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> exactly. Or the D key. But yeah, there's a lot of things like a lot of things when you're trying to do more complicated stuff in that game where it just gets slightly inconvenient. Also because of the way it's like it is 3D, so you can like stack things on top of each other. But then obviously, if you want to edit something on the bottom layer, you're like it can't really. There's no not really a way to precisely get the cursor to target things that are like under other things very easily. Uh, you kind of need like a slicer in the view, yeah, kind I suppose. Of. 
So it, it definitely it like it wants to be compli- more complicated than it can handle almost. <laughs> mm, but fact- p- apart from that, the actual like production chains and whatnot are, are pretty decently complicated in terms of like mm. you know the things you have to move around and combine. Does it work as a slightly more introduction to the genre compared to like a Factorio or not? Mm, yeah, probably. I mean, as with a lot of these indie you know factory building games it 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 also suffers from like not tutorializing well enough Mm, it mm. tries i mean it has a tutorial and the campaign kind of acts as a tutorial where it gates off you know sections of the progress or whatever to ease you into it but it doesn't have enough and there's a lot of features that never get talked about i mean kind of intentionally like there's a whole pro always programming except it's like block base where you just link the outputs of different functions together and then you can program things but like you don't need that and therefore the game never goes into it it's just there but Mm. then that's sort of confusing for people because it's just like what the hell is all this shit yeah i see yeah (laughs) it's not like you turn on an advanced mode and no yeah and it all appears you just unlock it at some point and then people get confused And and then there's a lot of just like things that just don't aren't it's a thing that i've been finding with a lot of games that i've been playing recently actually it's just like there's a lot of cases where things just aren't sufficiently explained even to the point of like just a tooltip where it's like you when you unlock the like advanced logistics and you get like all the different things that can manipulate things on belts so you've got like the splitter and like that's fairly clear what that does Mm. you put it there and it splits the things going past and you have the merger which is the opposite of the splitter but then you've got like the pusher and the grabber and the one way and it's just like those are all very similar and it doesn't ever really explain what the exact difference is between those different things and how they actually work. And it's like those kind of very small bits of tutorial that don't exist kind of make it more difficult for people to get into as well. These all, these all sound like not not necessarily core mechanical problems. These all sound like polish issues. Yeah, I mean, that's what, yeah. It's a lot, that's how indie games are, really. Yeah. Because at a certain point with the, those these complicated games, you reach the wiki point where, right, like, yeah. it, when it reaches a critical mass of things being not fully explained in the game, a wiki just appears, and then you just go there and look instead. <laughs> but then there's definitely, like, there's definitely AAA games I've played this year where it's like, I don't know what you're trying to tell me there, or like, oh, you haven't told me what this is, I need to look this up. Like, mm. it, It's not just limited to indies, although it is inherently an indie problem, I guess, because yeah. they, they don't have the time to yeah, go through work, that shit. Working to budget and time way more strictly than anyone else. Um, well, than AAA, anyway. But Well, and AAA budgets aren't... Oh, they they don't they don't spend their time on that for a different reason. Yeah, <laughs> I guess because they can do it later. Yeah, and also obviously early access kind of inherently causes those things to happen. There's, there's going to be things that are added in early access that that aren't fully explained at the time, and then sort of get forgotten about and never fully explained. Yeah, never really integrated properly into the tutorial or into the manual. Because or... I've been finding that a lot quite recently when I've been playing the DLC for Oxygen Not Included, where it's just like. They did update the like in-game wiki database thing. It's not really a wiki, but it's just, like it's got a description of a, like, of, all, of theoretically all the different things in the game. Except, mm. firstly, not all the different things in the game, and secondly, sometimes not the actual information information you actually need. Mm. Like when I was looking at the nuclear reactors, one of the new buildings, I was like, okay, it has a liquid input port, presumably for coolant, 
and no other ports. So how the fuck does this thing work? Hmm. <laughs> like, where does the fuel go in? How do I control the, what, like, where does the heat come out, presumably? Because it's not, it's like, it doesn't explain that at all in the information page of the thing. So at a certain point, I was just like, well, I could build it, I could just build it and try and work out how it works. Or I could, I guess, go and create an entire sandbox map and then build, build it there safely so I don't fuck up my actual base. Right. <laughs> so it, it would have been like, slightly more information would have been useful. Because it's weird, because I mean, in that case, I feel like they, they have just sort of forgotten. Because some buildings do tell you things that aren't necessarily because in auction not included you can have like pipe imports and and out outputs where where it will usually tell you what those take in the information card about the building where it's like this takes two kilograms of oil a second or whatever but there are certain cases with some buildings where it'll output to the environment and most of those also are described in the info card as well Mm. And, and then it will usually from that you can determine whether it's going to be a pipe or a just an environmental output but the reactor doesn't do that and i think the reason it doesn't do that is because because of the way the reactor works it, it's slightly more complicated in that it's not like a stable number like it doesn't take a a it, it's not like it uses five kilograms a second of coolant it uses a certain amount of coolant per second dependent on like how much fuel there is in it and how much the temperature goes up and all this kind of stuff. So they kind of didn't put the numbers in there because they're not exact numbers. Right, right. But then it's still, you, you do still kind of need to know what it's going to do to be able to actually even figure out how to use it mm. <laughs> without just building it and hoping it doesn't explode. Well, that adds a little bit of drama to these games, I guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is that like... There's <laughs> an unknown element of explosion. Uh, well, yeah, just blow up. But the thing is, like, to that end, it almost <laughs> seems like they did this intentionally because the reactor actually does have like a whole meltdown sequence where it does explode. Huh. Like, it actually does something different hmm. if you fail to control it properly. But then you can't, you can't, in, like, force people to cause a meltdown by not giving them the information about how the thing actually works. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> It's funny though. It is funny. So, Factory Town. By default, Factory Game of the Year. Well, I guess. And Zach's Game of the Year? Unless, unless, actually, not including the DLC counts. Well, I guess it, I guess it might, actually, because it is an update. Yeah, and it did actually come out this year. There you go. Factory Game of the Year. Surprising no one. (laughs) Surprising no one. It's called Factory Town. Enjoy. There aren't any factories, as far as I can tell, in Forza Horizon 5. I bet there are. There's got to be, yeah, there's there's got got be some really scenery. Mexico, make all kinds of cars. And I know, but there aren't really any like big warehousey type buildings right. you come across in, in that version of Mexico. There's like little little towns, and that's about it. <laughs> it's like it's not really a sort of like the most built up area is like like still looks sort of like like fancy little little shacks not shacks that's that's harsh <laughs> fancy <laughs> little shacks not fancy little shacks but you know like little, little buildings and little, little streets fancy. and it's like yeah, they, don't, yeah. they don't look particularly industrial the most yeah. industrial stuff you see are like farms I guess right like every Forza game you gotta have your farms to drive through and ruin all, all the fences yeah <laughs> and brick walls now since Forza 4 that you could just ram through for some reason oh yeah those are stone brick walls stone walls yeah it's another one of those. It's another one of those. Except they seem to be increasingly doubling down on the let's be talkative during things to make things seem more exciting. And it Shut the 
Hell up. It does not work. Oh, my God. And thankfully, I found more and more outlets that uh, agree with me on this. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know why they keep believing that they that it's a good thing and it's like so happy clappy i thought it was like do you remember when everything was like cool and like wipeout was all like hey let's do ecstasy and go to the club and then 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 it's like uh, you know this kind of try hard stuff is so annoying it's very this generational though isn't it like because drives me mad imagine if that imagine if tony hawks had that like (laughs) like, it's like what well it kind of did eventually i mean it was kind of all good good job dude wasn't it It didn't really but it didn't but but it didn't say any of that Mm. like it like it just kept it all because it it was by the number it was just like you know it was that era they couldn't couldn't do much of that stuff i guess then well i mean it did start going that way eventually with like eight or whatever whatever that's called american wasteland all those like the open world tony hawk games once it started getting that age just before skate. <laughs> Did they start asking you to put it on YouTube? I don't know if they... Maybe, as like a mission, where it's like, are oh, we going to film oh, this skate sick video? Brian, dude, you put that on YouTube. Like, Fuck <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. I mean, at least, at least in the context of a skating game, it kind of made more sense. Sort of. Because like, yeah. that's what you do with skates, skateboarding. It's like you video yeah. it and with a fisheye lens and then upload it to the internet. <laughs> yeah, but don't act all... <laughs> like obvious about it you kind of just want like crowd members around you when you do tricks like someone like if it was an open world skater game like those end up sort of becoming like you just want dudes on the street just going oh sick man that was so sick that would be good yeah that's what you want you just want like casual reactions to things you don't know you want you don't then don't want someone saying by the way, we could sponsor you for that trick, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like or something like that. Although or, that could be funny if it was played like they were like super corporate suits, like with a beard, with like oh, yeah, dirt, yeah. with shades and stuff, and they were like, like we're some gonna, sort of men in black. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pay you all this money. Uh, <laughs> this does all sound like things that have already happened in one of these skate games. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably. probably. Uh, but you know, at least that has an ironic twist to it. Whereas the you don't want them so like, on the nose with these fucking. Yeah, Forza's big problem is is that you're going. They're, they're directly following it on from. Four, yeah. In that you are the supposed superstar of Horizon Four, and they keep using that phrase You're over and over again. You're oh. a superstar, aren't you? Great, aren't you the best? You're the best. And all the radio stations get in on it as well because they're reporting on what on how you're progressing and like what's going on. So they're all saying like, and our superstar's gonna be there, and it's like, oh my god, shut up! It's like I don't need yeah. any of this. Absolutely hate it. And it's like, and, and, like the, this started in dirt too. This wasn't like no, no. This thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of this was in Forza 2, really. No. I think that was quite quite low-key on this stuff. And if they've just like leaned more and more into it, and it's it's getting worse and worse as a result. Yeah. Come on, guys. You have an amazing-looking game with like a yeah. solid handling physics model, some great cards. I mean, yeah, they 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 err away from it being full simulation. Yeah, of course. Like 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 Forza Motorsport is. They make it way more arcadey to handle. They make it fun. They do make it fun. Um. But yeah, you lose stuff as a result of that approach, and as, as if it's it's a game for just driving around and dicking around and doing things. They need to come up with more ways to do that. Yeah, they don't need to tell me it's good. They need yeah. to be good. Yeah, <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> Telling me it's good is more likely to make me think it's not. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like if I, if someone's just like if if the product I'm trying to consume is constantly telling me it's the best thing in the world. 
Be cool. Be cool. Be man. cool, guys. Be cool. Stop being so Microsoft. But the trouble is, they, they have, they're screwed because, like, the, the logical endpoint of trying to be cool in cars is, like, Ken block shit, and that's what happened to Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's the exact same problem. I mean, they've got some of that here as well. well yeah, naturally. Like, it's not, they haven't strictly got Jim Carner or anything like that, but there's some Hoonigan cars in it. <laughs> Cool is to fucking strip it all back and be just like dirt rally and be like a, a guy with a way too powerful car and a guy and a guy with a like a, a an accent like a Welsh accent giving you <laughs> giving you instructions on how not to like completely bail off a cliff. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> I mean, here's hoping Dirt Rally Three pulls it back. Like if that becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. No, there was no problem with Dirt Rally Two. I, no, I mean, no, there were no. problems with Dirt Rally Two, but not not major ones. Hey. Anyway. Take a chill pill, guys. <laughs> if you want to see what cool looks like in video games, just play some Jet Set Radio. I might be coming to the horrible realization that that next Gran Turismo game might be for me. We don't. Yeah, know. I mean, you don't like the physics model of Gran Turismo. That's the actual problem. I've that never liked change. GT's collision model. I've never, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, its driving has always been fine, but it's the, it's the collision model has always sucked. Like how 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 other cars hit each other, and I think they've always designed they that to make it that, fair, right? like yeah. on on the player and fair on the other drivers. They know players are going to be ramming into things, so they so they dumbed it all down. And the problem mm. was, is it felt horrid, <laughs> and it just wasn't for me. That like, which it's fine, that, it, that's fine, but it's like, yeah, like yeah, I, I never. I, what would it, a, it's been what a long they, time um, since I got into a GT game. It wouldn't happen, but what would a Gran Turismo version of like a Horizon game look like? You know, if they had their second series that became almost as big as the first that was about... Yeah, they'd have to... I don't think they could do that. No, I mean, but they but they kind of could, right? Because, mm. like, if, if Gran Turismo stripped away its menus to go to places and actually made it so you drove around around to do those things yeah so it's set in like a city and it's a fake city and maybe it's got all the like these famous racetracks just dotted around it like in some horrible amalgam just do fucking yeah, like japan I, where it's like mountain roads just do initial d what, like a to- to- yeah toge yeah. <laughs> i'm just imagining it would be be like it would just be like grand Turismo racing but they're like in the world of ridge racer where it's just like this weird like super <laughs> oh, enhanced man. world that would be so cool <laughs> yeah that would be so cool. And we should probably talk about games that actually came out. Like imaginary awesome games. Yeah. So Forza Horizon 5. It's good. It doesn't do anything new. So it's the if you want more driving, it's all right. If you want something if to show off your series. If you bought a next generation X, console and you try to think of something that actually looks like it's next generation. You might as well play this. Yeah, yeah. there is that. It looks like, pretty damn good. Yeah, but just uh, just play on mute. <laughs> Right. Genesis Noir was this year. Can you believe that? Like, super early this year. Um, that was that jazz game. Talking about things that look good and play weird. Uh, this was another game that I don't think quite lived up to its... Uh, its the expectations I had of it, I guess. Just because the narrative ended up being so all over the place. And not really a straight narrative. I was kind of going into it thinking it would be like some kind... It described itself as like a cosmic adventure. So there was going to be like a noir story with jazz somehow intermingling with... Aliens. Space <laughs> and stuff like that. And what it ended up being is like the, the creation of the universe and of space travel kind of story weirdly intertwined with a bit of time travel. And and it, as a result, I don't, I'm not sure the narrative really worked. Which is a shame because its style is like incredible. Like they really nailed that kind of cartoony. 
it, like the whole game is in black, white, and gold. If you know, <laughs> there's like until until right at the end where it gets really colourful. Like like throughout throughout the game, it's like you're you're in this like very muted palette, and it looks it looks it looks awesome throughout that. Um, yeah, it's just they they, went, they perhaps went a little too wild with what they were doing, and maybe that's just the spirit of jazz, man. I was supposed to just go with it more, and but I wanted more noir in my noir. La noir, not la noir. No. <laughs> with an e. Noir. <laughs> Why did they put an e on there? <laughs> okay, next on the list is Halo Infinite. What do you want to do? Do you want me to get into this now? Uh, no. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Let's do that as a standard section, because otherwise I think it's going to get unfocused. Yeah, maybe, maybe you <laughs> like might be right. Uh, Halo Infinite's a bit of a discussion. Um, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking now, it's like, does it sit as high up as I thought it would in the Game of the Year list? It's like, I'm, I'm not so sure, having now finished the campaign. Like, but we'll, yeah. Well, we're going through these in alphabetical order, apparently. So. Yep, well, it's just how they're written <laughs> it's down. It's just how it is. Okay, so like recent en- uh, addition to the list, Gnome and I have played the first few hours of It Takes Two. Baby! Which, which was the uh, winner of this year's Game Awards. The the TGAs of 2021, It Takes Two. Baby! Before it got sued for having that name, except not quite. No, Take two, Take Two yeah. tried to got angry at them for calling it It Takes Two. Baby! <laughs> <laughs> Me and you. Mistakes <laughs> too. Sorry. Good. Yeah, it's it's well made. It's sort of. Um, I mean, if this was game of the year at the Game Awards, like we should consider it. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not that we're picking a game of the year. No, no, no. We've, and as I say, Nome and I haven't got through it all. And uh, this is not me belittling Gnome's game playing skills <laughs> because he doesn't play very many of them. But it's another one of those games where we. It ended up being a bit trickier than I expected it to be from a like player perspective. Like, there's no real, it doesn't really have difficulty options, and it goes in being like a full on platformer, basically. So, there's no, you can't dumb it down particularly. So, we're, so we struggled through. Gnome got incredibly angry at the, at herself and with me and the game. Oh, dear. <laughs> because it's just not a skill she has. You know what I mean? She's not grown up with 3D platformers like we have. And, um, and so found it pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, and then that might be with the, like the game's biggest flaw, like in that it's, it's just, it's going in, you have to, you, you know, it's going into it with all the normal expectations that you know what you're doing in terms of, 3D platformer mo- movement, which I think is perhaps work. It doesn't feel like that's where this game should be positioned, right? It's a mm, it's a it's a co-op yeah. game. Like it's clearly targeted at couples because that's its whole story. And I mean, it's... to some extent, the original Psychonauts had that problem a little bit of expecting you to kind of be able to play Mario sixty four, even though it's I, not I guess, really that kind yeah. of game. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel okay with that for like. For in most cases, right, like mainline platformers, like I don't know if I was going into a Banjo Kazooie now or a ukulele now, I'd like be all like, oh yeah, three D platformers, right? Yeah. Got this. I'm I'm doing this Ratchet and Clank, right? Yeah, I mean that's not quite the same, but you know what I mean. I'm going sure, into sure, it. Sure. Um, but the, and then this does the same thing, but it, it does tutorialize its 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 motions and things. But little things like Noma's getting a bit confused why she couldn't make many jumps, and it's like. 
Have you tried holding A for a bigger jump? You know, little things like that that the game doesn't telegraph. Right. That was in like, yes, Mario. That, because she has a tendency to just tap, tap, tap to do yeah. actions, and like rather than me where I'm like a big old shove my thumb onto the, on, onto the <laughs> you button. destroy controllers. I destroy controllers and give myself huge calluses on my thumb that haven't gone away for that many is years. From the, that is from Super Mario Brothers 1, right? The whole. Oh, yeah, whole yeah. It's, it's, a classic, yeah. it's a classic platforming yeah. thing, but it's just not something she knows, mm. right? Well, I think this is a very specifically, yeah. like, incredibly narrow, exactly our generation problem. <laughs> like, generations Maybe. after us are now, like, if you are a couple, you probably are both that competent in 3D platforming, whereas in our generation, it is possible to have <laughs> two know. completely separate... Yeah, is that, is that a thing? Do, uh, is, that, is, that, is it just assumed that like Maybe. all kids these days have, have, have played a platform? I don't know if everyone point. has even been on consoles, because they're all on their freaking phone. Or yeah. Not, I mean, I'm like, not saying everyone, because obviously yeah. gaming is still quite niche, technically. <laughs> quite niche, really but more lucrative than... Coffees. I mean, there's loads of people who played Infinite Runners on the tube or whatever, but they they wouldn't be able to do a 3D Sure, they're not, they're not like... But they would have, know how to hold down the jumper. They would. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's fair, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'd, they'd have had to learn that if they're playing that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's just really interesting to me, and it's like, yeah, okay. I, I, it, so it makes it hard for me to judge what this is doing. Like, it's it's quite well well produced. It runs at a nice solid frame rate on the Series X. It's not very sharp. The uh, the animation, I think, is probably a little too obviously mo capped. <laughs> Remember the older argument people had, like, like, like you know, the problem of Sonic Adventure Two, yeah. and then everything looks like it's a it's a guy in a costume. It's like it, 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 there's a little bit of that feel going on here. Like, but at least they're mostly person shaped. Yeah, <laughs> not it's, Sonic characters. It's, it's vaguely acceptable, but they do that sort of like slightly over exaggerated, right? Yeah, like animations. Um, despite the the game being somewhat grounded in like at the very start, anyway, these are supposed to be real people that are turned into kids' toys. And then the moment they become kids' toys, it's like their personalities are like. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, gesturing, I'm gesturing too much, yeah. But like, you know, what I mean, they they sort of start acting suddenly very different. Uh, but it is quite it's like they do make you do it. You can't play it alone. There are forced corp challenges. It's it would be impossible to do it yourself. Although I I would really like to see someone try. Well, I mean, use I'm, that stick I'm, with your chin. I, I bet there probably is oh, some yeah. kind of speed run so, controller <laughs> method. Play with your feet. Yeah. So it's a bit. It's it's. Yeah, it was tricky for us, but I think it's good. Like, I, I bet I think some of the more innovative stuff comes later. But you know, we've defeated a big angry vacuum cleaner, so that's I can't say that very often. <laughs> uh. We played the Metroid Dread demo, but you know yeah. we missed the full thing, so I don't think we can really talk no. about that hugely here. But we like what we saw, generally. Uh, I've put Flight Sim on here because it came out on console, and that was kind of a big deal. <laughs> like it came out on PC last year, technically, but the the console release was this year, and it's uh yeah, that's a pretty thing. And you can argue that it's possibly the only Series S and Series X exclusive. Right. Because it can't run on Xbone. <laughs> no, no way. Oh, interesting. So it might it might be the only one. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, that's the kind of quote-unquote game that I might play if I was retired. <laughs> I, would, I was yeah. like, I will learn a huge to be amount an of time. airline pilot. Yeah. Yeah. You need a huge amount of time if you want to go. But it is quite nice just to float over places, and they yeah. lean into that a little bit to be like, you don't want to get into this oh it's fine just fly over places and see how pretty they look it's great but then 
It is interesting because also like the mechanics of it is like you actually do end up learning how a plane works. Oh yeah, and, like how what pilots do. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole like flight school part of the game. Like, so if cool. you really want to get into that, you can. Um, that int- that kind of. I mean, I was always into planes, but that kind of stuff. Interesting. I only realized recently. Did you know this? That like you know when you on the runway to take off, you know how they go to. I can't remember. They go to like fifty percent power and then boost and up, then go to one hundred percent power, and that's it's pretty obvious. But it's because if there's a problem with one of the engines, if you go to one hundred percent straight away, you'll just veer straight off the runway. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah, yeah. If it's asymmetrical thrust, you'll mm. just go flying off the runway. So that's why they go always go to fifty percent first and then one hundred percent, so they can feel it. Yeah. yeah, it's just one of the checklist things, but it's one that you notice when you're actually in the plane. Mm. And presumably, you have to do that in flight sim, right? You have to sit there and go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you just you never flew any plane with two engines, though, right? Yeah, uh, but if I, they're I mean, either I've... side of the plane. Yeah, well, I meant wrong. The same problem. Right? Uh, I mean, I have flown the little jet that's in there, and it's like, I think it's got two little jets at the back. Oh, um, like the, that's probably less of a problem. Sort of, sort of either side of the, the tail. Probably but, don't um, have to do that for a private jet. No, they're not but like the big ones under the. I haven't flown like the like the massive airliners. Yeah. Um, in that. And most of the time I was in prop planes anyway, just, yeah. just messing around. I think, uh, like, my biggest nitpick with Flight Sim is that there's a lot of free updates they've done to it, but most of them don't come in the box, if that makes sense. So you get Flight Sim, and it's like, oh, I want to... There's suddenly there's a huge menu somewhere where it's like, I want the Japan pack, and it will download updates okay. for rendering Japan well, or I need I want yeah, the yeah. Euro pack. So you update, and it will suddenly make Germany they real nice. Come out. And it's like, all of that is piecemeal, all of that is optional, yeah, and all of that is opt in, and it's yeah. like, and that, that, like, so I'll be when I first flew around England and things like that. It's like this. I'm sure, yeah, this they doesn't look get, quite right. They didn't get to like, the UK for ages. No, and it's like they missed out some of the some of the bigger towns and cities, and it's just yeah. like oh, these they haven't done the work here. That's mildly right, even surprising. London was not good on launch. No, it wasn't. Um, but but if you want to go do the real London, you can't just download the game and do it. You've got to download the game and then go get the specific update pack. And it's like, I guess there's a reason for it. These packs are massive. But it'd be like cool the, if it the was game like, size is huge. It'd be cool in terms if it prompted you like, "Hey, you're flying around here a lot. Like, you should probably get the yeah." Pack for like, this. by the way, there's an yeah. update for this area, or you're about to fly in an area. Yeah. That, do you want to wait and download the giant update? Yeah. Do you want me to grab this for you? Or if just the streaming tech was just a little bit better, because the game is using like streaming from the internet to get hold of its. Uh, a lot of data about the world. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of data already there. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of data it pulls in. Yeah. Um. Online required, obviously. Yeah, I think some of that's like texturing for the ground and stuff like that. It's all sort of pulling a lot of that in live, depending yeah. on where you're flying, um, and maybe like the the stuff you're actually installing is like the local landmark packs and things like that, so it knows how to render the buildings nice. For yes, because otherwise it's just making it up based on um, yeah, sort of a an annotated map. Basically. Yeah, yeah, an annotated not just map but photogrammetry. Well, not photogrammetry. Whatever. Like oh, don't get me wrong. It's like, yeah, it's all like AI Plus. guesswork, yeah. and there's a lot of which is impressive. It's, it's impressive from a distance. Get up close, and it's hugely wrong, mm. especially in an area you know. But hey, like, like what, what could they have done? This is this is the whole world we're talking it's about cool. here. Yeah, and it is. It's pretty neat. But yeah, I wish they figured out a way to streamline some of that um, process. Would have been nice because I didn't know it existed at first, and it took a little dug around a bit and it's like oh, oh yeah, the packs. yeah. yeah it's like, so oh, i've just been seeing on weird. youtube they just put out it's a bit like civilization they you know they put out videos for like the latest update and it's like mm. beautiful scenes of each but they do it quite gradually yeah which yeah. kind of makes sense i mean they had to launch something 
And the bit I probably should try is they added air racing. Right, yeah, I saw that. And that could be quite a laugh. The so Reno what? air race type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So and they added an F-18, I think. The, I don't oh, know how realistic oh, that is. But did, that, that, did they launch that? Just they, recently, the Top yeah. Gun. The Top Gun pack. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were holding that back because <coughs> the, the film. film got delayed. Mm, yeah. I don't think they've I think they've released it now. Um, I don't know what's going on with that film, but it's not going to be good anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Probably Sorry. Not. Probably not. Sorry, guys. Watch the original. It's pretty good. <laughs> Goose. Uh, moving on. Nerds online. A Zachtronics game. I played a Zachtronics game. Yeah. Technically. But it's a card game. It's the most infuriating thing I've probably played all year, but actually it's quite a laugh when you've got, got a crew of you playing it. Game of the year. Game of the year. Nerds. Uh, Psychonauts 2! The long-awaited return to Psychonauts. It's been nearly 20 years. Has it? Shit. It was like 2003-ish, oh, I think, the first one. Wow. Something like that. And it, this is a direct sequel where you kind of need to know what happened in the first one. <laughs> and the VR special they made oh, in the God. middle. That's kind of... And that, and that story, is it follows on directly from that story as well. And there, there is a little recap thing in, in the game. It's a bit weird. It's a bit weird that they chose to do this. And it's basically like... <laughs> it is like two days later after like right, Psychonauts yeah. 1, which is kind of strange in its own way. After like 17 years, yeah. Yeah. But... Hey, it's a pretty good game. Like, it's—I'm not sure it's Psychonauts one level of impact and memorable. It's, it's hard to do with the sequel, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, there's, there's no milkman, you know. Yeah. The game doesn't make me want to deliver the milk, but it's uh, and it does have its moments. It has every. I think the thing about Psychonauts two, in retrospect, is I think most of it is carried by its style. Not necessarily its minute-to-minute writing, not necessarily its overall narrative, but boy, does it carry carry a lot of style. Also, Jack yeah. Black's in it, and he's awesome. He's typically in the in, in, yeah, <laughs> in, in double, double fine, fine games, stuff. Fine games. <laughs> double fine stuff. He's yeah, friends because I did. I I, mean, I think he was on like the the main trailer as like as one of the names, as it turns out, and like I didn't realize he was there. So so I got to it, and it's just like. That sounds a lot like Jack Black. It totally is Jack Black. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was surprised by it, but it's like I'm thinking his name was up front on the project. So that's the voice of Bowser. <laughs> the voice of Bowser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I think that Milkman level is so good that it has its. Last I checked, it has its own separate Wikipedia article just for the level that hasn't oh, wow. been deleted or merged into the main article. Oh, that's kind of amazing. Which is like you have to be pretty good to manage that. Because it's definitely going to get merged into the main mm. article. That's not to say there aren't some creative or inventive levels here, but none of them are going to stand out as much as that. I'm not even sure many of them stand out as much as the kaiju level from the first level, from mm. the first game, right? They're just, um, and that was a very short little level, but they they went out of their way to do something different. And um, I don't, they don't. I feel like they don't really break the mold of the platformer particularly, right? If that makes sense. That's kind of a tall. Yeah, ask, it is a bit of an ask, but like the first game did that at yeah, times a lot. Yeah, like like the RTS level. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah. But, but they kind of got that out of them with Brutal Legend, I guess. <laughs> Full on RTS. <laughs> I mean, there's a way of playing Brutal Legend, like, and you can just not do those. Not do the game. Not, make, not, yeah, making the game about two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you, story mode. Same I as guess. Full Throttle, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so contender. It is a contender. Um, Ready. It, it is winning it was, a, some Game of the Year awards. Yeah, it was, and it was huge. As I say, it was an enjoyable time. And don't get me wrong, and I 100%ed it. I went back and found every little thing, which, yeah, actually, you don't really get anything nice no, for doing that, no, which no, is no. a little bit of a shame. But other than Chivos, but I did go and do the Chivos. And as I decided, um, dialing back in the amount of in the game, just, you know, that was his victory dance from like two days ago, and he's not really doing it. No, <laughs> it's like what happened in those two missing days? audio thing, <laughs> <laughs> missing audio thing. Okay. Not enough, not enough victory dance. You do eventually unlock a. You, you can unlock a thing where if you just leave the controller alone, he'll just start doing that. <laughs> Like if you just leave him idle for a while, it'll just start going. <laughs> uh, Outriders. Here's a game that's hard to remember. I for- you've forgotten everything about Outriders. Don't so, even remind me if it's not worth it. <laughs> Don't even this, do it. <laughs> this was the sort of like co-op online shooter, trying to be a bit Destiny-like, that was made by People Can Fly. You know, the bullet storm yeah, guys. Your face from, from Kill with Skill Days. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I didn't finish it. I fell off it. It's it's a bit of a it was a bit of a slog. Uh I don't think its story was particularly interesting in the end. It's uh dialogue was nuts in its sort of like over enthusiastic use of swearing, but not quite bullet storm nuts, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Was... That can get a bit cringy. I, oh yeah, personally, I found it cringy in Bulletstorm. I know, anyway. but like, I, that's the <laughs> thing that me. like Bulletstorm lent into it. This yeah. kind of doesn't. This is just how they are, if you know what I mean. And like, as a result, it doesn't work as a joke either. Right, fair. <laughs> um, yeah, forgettable. Um, they have just done a big update to it, but yeah, I've uninstalled it now. Sorry, I really like. I kind of want to like people can fly stuff, but yeah, yeah that's problematic. Just boring, actually. Just boring. Uh, we played the Rift Breaker demo, and I will get around to playing the full thing, possibly, at some point. Because um, that seemed kind of neat. Bad dialogue, but seemed kind of neat in concept. Uh, Sable. I mean, this is kind of a contender as well. Like, I have, really? I have technical problems with it. Like, it is flawed. The presentation isn't hot and it runs like garbage on a series x at times which is hugely surprising um but i kind of like where it's coming from i like that it's it's distilling the open world game into just the zen like act of exploration and just going to places and finding what's there without necessarily telling you to do that hmm and but is is what what's there worth getting going there for I mean, it's not very deep. Like, it's mm. not. It's not very complex. It's not. Uh, I would have liked there to be a few more like weird surprises. There are a couple. There's there's one bit in particular that's just like, oh, okay, that's what this giant hill was. It wasn't a hill. That's fun. <laughs> the cool. giant sandworm thing. Um, you're inside of for a bit, and it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Uh. And it's yeah, it's got a good look to it. It's got a good, it's got a great sound to it. Um, but it's it was just a bit glitchy. 
right? Like it, it ran ran badly. The audio would occasionally get. There was one bit of music that, like, if I went and had a conversation in, for for one of the discoverable things that you can do in the world, and there's there's several of them. Whenever I had that interaction, a, a specific bit of music would start playing and never stop until you restarted the game. So it's like you could be like anywhere else in the world where there's supposed to be like other themes and stuff and you just have that one theme forever and it's like worst annoying worst audio thing music that doesn't stop <laughs> so sable i was yeah i think i was hoping for a little more than i got but i like the i like its idea maybe sable 2 will nail it i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i'm not sure they'll do a sequel to it one of those kind of it feels like a one and done yeah it kind of does Scarlet Nexus. Do you want to talk about saccharin dialogue that is oh, yeah. far too positive all the time? Oh, gosh. This is that game. It's like they could have carved out about 75% of the talking in this game and it would have been a better game. What happened to being cool? <laughs> what happened? It's not cool, man. It's I not it's, relax, dudes. I mean, it, yeah, but in this case, it's because it's anime. Yeah, yeah it's not, it's okay, not bro. Yeah, it's yeah, anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's a far too literal translation. I think is probably the problem. Um, yeah. Um, Notice me, senpai. But yeah, but like, even if it was, even if it is a little translation, if like, is it okay in Japan to just be constantly, nah, bro, that's fine, that's okay. You've just insulted me to my face, but I appreciate that. And the whole game feels like therapy, like, or that you're sat in one of those sessions where it's like everyone's acknowledging each other, and it's like, no, I appreciate you telling me that. It's Thank like you. Woke anime. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but that is anime is the that, least woke thing. That is, <laughs> that is kind of like Japanese culture, though, right? Because it's just politeness, it's politeness yeah, taken it's into like the anime cheese factory yeah. <laughs> welcome <to> yeah <laughs> like this i mean the script is in it like even without all of that stuff the script is nuts is underutilized like its core concept is like is is and well, core concepts there's a billion things going on and it's wild and mad but they never really do anything with that gameplay wise you're all of that stuff that's going on is just all ever, is is only ever done in dialogue, not ever in particularly uh, inventive stuff. There's a whole like, well, there's a whole time travel thing, and things all happened in the past that are now affecting your future, and and, and people turn into weird monsters because the moon told them to, <laughs> or created a layer of thing that made monster people. It's 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 really odd, and it's really strange, and it's. But they don't really like nail the landing on that stuff. It's just sort of there. It's re- it's an incredibly weird game with a fairly well accomplished combat system. Like the combat system's good. The look, the like, the, mm, it's it's yeah. it's complicated enough, and there's a there's a lot going on, and uh, especially towards the end of the game when you've unlocked like eight support characters that you can well you've got nine but you can use eight at a time mm. uh, and you're calling upon their powers to 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 mix up your strategy and you can load more than like two or three of those turn turn them on at a time so there's all kinds of madness going on around you and they all your your cohorts will step in to help you out like randomly as well and you've got ran, like button prompts on screen to deal with that whilst you're dealing with bigger and bigger enemies and more complex scenarios 
And also everything starts with the word brain. So you're gaining brain points to level up and brain drives as your special ability. And it's brain this and brain that. Everything is brain. There are people without brains. They've been brain drained. <laughs> They've been brain drained. It's 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 a madness. It's a it's a very strange thing. But yeah, they could have cut seventy five percent out of it, and it would have been better. The fact that it makes you play it through, like it's a long campaign, and and they do the two character thing. So I don't see you don't see the whole story unless you play it through twice. And it's like I'm not going to play it through twice. I, I, like I've done the once. I've done my time. It's like there's some really intriguing stuff in the other playthrough that that does sound interesting, but I'm not going to do it because you were ju- you were just too long, and I don't want to have to tr- give everyone presents again and talk about plants. God knows how long. I like plants. They're my friends. You're my friend too. <gasps> Notice me. <laughs> Notice me, Sam. <laughs> Uh, and the music's pretty good as well. Uh, talk, but talking about music, Artful Escape. The whole game is music. The whole game is the whole quote unquote game. Yeah, is music. Y- yeah. <laughs> There's not much like challenge or like you're just sort of traversing this world whilst wailing on a guitar by holding a button. Uh, but it's presented real good, and it's and it's it is kind of a madness. It's like one of the more memorable like worlds. And uh, some of the some of the nicest uh, visuals I think in a game I've seen this year. It's like again, I don't think it fulfills its narrative promise particularly well. But all the voice acting is great. It's got some great jokes. Like one of my favourite moments of the year, probably in this game, where you encounter the strange heavy metal monster that just talks in the entire time, and the whole screen turns red whenever he mentions whenever he talks, and it's just like okay, and then, and then takes everyone aback whenever it happens. It's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. Um, and Mark Strong is in it, and he's cool because he's always cool because it's Mark Strong. Um, it's a it's a it's a fun little experience. It's not going to take you long to play. It's one of those like if you've got Game Pass, why not treat yourself? Have a couple hours just wailing on a guitar. Go squeaky, go me Lee. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I need to take the next one off the list actually because I haven't. I didn't actually start playing it. I thought I would, but the gunk came out. But we've not played it. But I didn't actually get around to playing it. Um, but talking about disappointments, if we want to talk about the thing that sort of let me down the most this year, twelve minutes. I, I kind of had high hopes for this one. Um, with James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe being the cast. There's a couple of other voices here and there, but that's the that's the bulk of it. I just really didn't. The time loop mechanic just got annoying. Like, and I know that's the like a real hard problem to solve in a game that revolves around a time loop and doing things differently every every loop. But but they didn't. They they didn't solve it. Like yeah. it got and like any sort of point and click adventure, it got to the point where it's like I didn't know what to do to progress the story on. Um. Uh, or to see new things coupled with the time loop mechanic made that incredibly frustrating because you have to go through this 10 minute it's called 12 minutes but like the loop the main loop is about 10 minutes long most of the time and you're, yeah you're going through this 10 minute sequence and if you get it wrong nothing happens that's 10 minutes wasted do it again and you gotta wait either wait for the the loop again to get to the point where you want to try something else or 
play the song of time and play the song of time yeah. yeah it just got frustrating so i never finished it and like i got to a, like a major twist in the story and i was just like what the hell how on earth does that work and like which like there's some really weird stuff in that game bleak and weird stuff um which is kind of cool but yeah let that let down by its core gameplay its mechanics yeah there's a problem when you're trying to make a game you have to make the game good <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe look at some nintendo games and see what they do right it was a difficult thing to get right um and shout out to this one's just made mostly a shout out um, to unbeatable white label which is kind of the prologue to some to a rhythm rpg um and this is just kind of the rhythm game part of it but the music in here is real good and it's it's mechanically very simple, um, and that you only really have two or three buttons you need to press for the whole for the whole rhythmy stuff. But it's um, uh, it's quite it's quite nicely presented, mm. and the the tutorial music in particular is is has got a sort of bit of Jet Set Radio vibe to it, and I really like it. So it's um, uh, yeah, and it's free on Steam. Just go play it. No excuse. Go play it. They're doing updates to it. Uh, as well to this prologue version which is kind of fun um ahead of the real game's release so yeah well, little shout out to unbeatable i mean i you you have my attention boom. and that's that's every 2021 game we played this year boom shakalaka boom shaka, shaka. expand a band weapon stash <laughs> that is uh yeah all the 2021 games I think there's the ones we want to focus on. Should we just talk about Infinite now? And then, since that's a 2021 game. Yeah, we can. Uh, and then we'll get an update from Zach on what he's been playing. <laughs> and then we can uh, sort of. <laughs> this podcast, end the, Wrap <laughs> up on the year, I guess. Wrap up on the year. I mean, we have got a list of other shit we've been playing, but I think we've probably talked about that yeah, during the year. The, the other, the, the, our discovery list, as we said, stuff that wasn't from this year that we got around to finally playing this year. Of note, I suppose, is Deep Rock Galactic as being kind of the standout thing that Zach and I have stuck with quite a bit, and Hyrule Warriors. Yes, Age of Clarities. I mean, we always play Rocket League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, River City Girls. Good mention there. Yeah, uh, really the sequel got... coming out soon. In yeah, our summer... skipped new section. Skipped new That's section. all we've got is like River summer City of Girls next year. Next that year. is that is uh, targeting. Uh, and also my least favorite Final Fantasy game that I've played, Final Fantasy XII. Wow, that's a that's an award of of the mainline Final Fantasies. This is my least favorite. Um, Gosh, what's your favorite? Eight, probably eight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna go to what you've been playing. But keep in mind, contenders for game of the year, Factory Town, because it's the only factory game. And then, where where are we looking for you then, Rob? I don't know, like Is somewhere what? between Psychonauts and Forza, maybe, and, and maybe Halo. <laughs> like, well, let's talk about Halo then. Unless <sighs> you want to do some speaking, Zach. <laughs> Not especially. I think. I think the reason the Halo is going to have to be in Rob's game of the year like contender thing is just mainly for content right because it's one of the biggest games on that list by yeah, quite yeah. a way almost yeah that that and forza <laughs> and i mean scarlet was pretty big but but it's not like <laughs> but not necessarily the best content right. in that case it's a chunk a chunk game yeah it's an actual big game it's an actual triple a game right of which we're not in a year where the world just isn't quite 
in a year where there weren't AAA, double A. In a year where there weren't necessarily that many AAA games. Us, because of the yeah. because of the pandemic, well, yeah. because it's delayed. Yeah, because like they haven't got round to making games for the new consoles yet. The only reason we got Halo because it was delayed from last year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, true. So Halo Infinite, I finished the campaign now, and I've put in a reasonable amount of time after the campaign as well, just mucking about in the open world because it lets you do that. <laughs> so. I mean, how annoying is it that you're going to have to play the campaign again to get things that you missed? <laughs> Not that annoying in my case, because I don't think I missed... There aren't many main mission areas that are actually locked off. But yes, you're right. You could have missed things in those areas uh, and then you're unable to return to them because there's no replay mission option here. It's like you play the game through and you're dumped back in the open world. There are, you can't go to the first two missions at all, for instance. You can't go back to those. Does it have like a new game plus where you start the campaign over but you keep some of the stuff that you got? I don't, I don't think you keep your upgrades. Mm. Like, cause, so you, like, hey, new to the... Upgrades. <laughs> yeah, new new to Halo, upgrades. You get you get four, abil- four equipment that you hold onto at all time rather than having to pick them up off the floor. Um, and you swap to them with a slightly awkward press right on the D-pad and then press one of the four directions to pick your equipment, which I never truly remembered wh- wh- what was where. Um, <laughs> it's just like Rocket League text chat, though. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You just never remember the ones you care about. Well, yeah, for me, it was like, well, you want the grappling hook, right? Yeah, so, like, so, so that's that's right, right. That's all you need to know. If you've used anything else, just double tap right, right, and you go back to that. And again, that's why it's right, right, because it's, Cause the it's, it's what you want. Remember. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's that's been mixed up. So you can get upgrades for those, and it's which, which is a weird system in and itself because you like that. It's the whole thing with those is you you can go around the open world and you're looking for these things called Spartan cores, and they're just like like skill points in a way, like upgrade points, and you find a number of those. And then when you've got enough, you can upgrade your abilities. Yada yada. There are far more Spartan cores on the map than you need. Like, by a long way. Right, it's, so, just, it's just the deck experience. Kind of, yeah. Like, I upgraded everything in, like, the first third of the game. <laughs> and then... then are there and, 900? <laughs> <It's all about. laughs> no, there aren't 900. There aren't that Corrects. many. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Yes, they definitely aren't that many. Um, but there's far more than you need, which makes like hunting them kind of a weird, pointless, thankless task other than just going for the But what do you get at the maximum? What do you get when you get all 900? I don't know. Do you get a literal poop? <laughs> like from, in from, from the wild. <laughs> <laughs> literal poop. What do you get? You get Hestu's secret gift if you get all 900, which... It's just like a, it's just like, like a correct seed, except it looks like a poop. It's like, like a golden poop, and it, it do? doesn't do it's anything. It's just, oh, right. it's just like that's what you get. Isn't that just the icon for like the seeds in Hyrule Warriors? Is like is this golden poop looking thing? No, I think it's the reason the same icon. Okay, right? can you cook anything with it? No, because it's not like it's not oh. a, it's not a real item item. It's like one of those key item things right, that right, live right, in there at that own special menu. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like <laughs> you get little poop. But <laughs> 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 like quite few collections. <laughs> yeah. So that's slightly strange. Um, <laughs> far, yeah, there's far too many of them. Um, and they are often just go to place. There might be some guys guarding them. Kill all the dudes, go up to chest, press X, 
you I get mean, your that, thing. That That's... is why there's too many of them, though. The same reason as Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Like they, they want you to be able to get everything, but they also made it so you can't accidentally miss too many. Yeah, that's true. Like, some of them are really good, though. Like, so some of them, most of them are just, like, out in the world somewhere and there's a few dudes around them. Not that interesting. Some of them are, like, have got, like, bespoke caves built for them. So you go in there and there's actually, like, a like a nice environment with, with some, uh, you know, slightly different thing. And the cave, you know, there's not that many caves in the game per se where you're actually doing these fights. So these kind of stand out as one of the are they natural few formations or natural formations. Okay. Yeah, these these ones are <laughs> like often like rather than more natural ish as much as right. the, as much as things are natural on the Halo rings, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, so they sort of stand out as like because there aren't that many huge huge problem. There's not that much in the way of environmental difference in this game it's not just the biome thing which is well documented that there's only like one biome in the world it's like it it extends to like interiors as well so you're only really ever other than the very start of the game where you're there's a you're you're on your you're on a banished ship you're only ever in forerunner you're only ever in on on the ring or in forerunner structures, right. and all of those forerunner structures look identical. No, cookie cutter, like the ships. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, cookie game. cutter's the word. There are there's repeated architecture. Well, actually, like in, in the, many of the missions, like even, you'll come across the same rooms, you'll come across the same layouts of things. Halo One did that famously, didn't? Yeah, it? and but it's. I think even Halo One in places was more creative with how it did that. This yeah. this really does just like oh, I'm in dark blue land now, and oh, here's that corridor I saw like in Mission the- Two, and I'm now in Mission Nine, and it's like oh, and there's another set of the same room, and it's like it. It's like Mass Effect One. Like- <laughs> yeah, there's a laziness to the design of Halo Infinite that really yeah. bothers me. It's yeah. like this has been in development for so so long. And you look at and it's a like... lot of it's like sure they've got the combat right sure the open world is actually quite nice sure like they there's there's they've probably fixed quite a lot of issues with the previous games in terms of how it actually plays, um, but you you don't get the set piece thing right right because like the first three Halo games you, and even Reach and ODST there are there are standout moments in those where you're just like. Oh, okay, cool. Now I'm doing this thing. Here's the tank battle, the big tank battle at the end of Halo Three. Great. Here's the Banshee fight in Halo Two. Great. <laughs> you know there yeah, are there are things yeah. that happen and there are moments. Infinite doesn't really have that. The moment ever. Yeah. Like it's it's missing all of that. Like okay, sure. Towards the end of the game, there's a section where you're there's a lot of vehicles available to you and you're trying to get down this stretch of road to the point where the level is literally called the road uh, and you're just yeah. and it's, it's like okay road, this yeah. is your attempt at doing that it doesn't pull it off doesn't in the work. same way that previous halo games have and it's so that ends up making me feel a little like uh, quite you know fairly disappointed they focused on the open world aspect of this game and in, in, in mm. a weird way that also is problematic because it's very it makes the whole game a bit one note that's the issue, yeah. It's like you're, you're always going to place, you're always fighting the same enemies that you've seen from the start of the game. Mm. It doesn't really ramp up in challenge particularly. It doesn't really mix it up too much because like the weapons are like even right at the start of the game pretty much every weapon is like available everywhere right you just come into like just cause kind of yeah well you just stumble upon a settlement it's like oh this guy's got a got a skewer like one of the new sniper weapons Hmm. and it's like that's a power weapon i can just grab that like almost the first encounter it's like oh there's a rocket launcher it's like the rocket launcher isn't a moment anymore right yeah it's just like everything it's 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 like 
yeah, it's like they've taken like the multiplayer, where I suppose like the weapons aren't really moments anyway. Right, it's like more like multiplayer, yeah. But they've rebalanced all the guns for single player. They don't they don't do the same amount of damage to the to the banished and no. that they do to like other Spartans in multiplayer. Like it's it is a different feeling game in terms of the uh, effectiveness of weapons. They still act the same. I've done it again. Um, they still act the same, but they. Uh, uh, but they do different damage and stuff like that, making a lot of them kind of useless, honestly. Mm. All you really want is a battle rifle. <laughs> and like you can it. get through most of the game with just that. Yeah. Uh, do you get enough ammo for a battle rifle if you want to do that? So, yeah, because cha- I think I mentioned this last time, they changed up how ammo works in this. Oh, yeah, so you, you, can like pick, yeah. you can either pick up weapons of the same type and you'll, it will refill like you were before, but you, there are these buckets. Mm. And it's like, do you want kinetic ammo? And it's like, great, yeah, all your human weaponry will work. Um, except for snipers, because they count as power, and power is an ammo type. So if you want right. to refill your rockets, you can find a power bin, which are very, which are quite rare. Right. And then get your rockets back. You're more likely to just stumble upon another rounds. another power weapon. Right. Hmm. Uh, and it's yeah. So I don't know. It's like what it. So you can use a rocket or ammo to for your sniper. Uh, no, um, not okay. not quite the same. So like the the ro- once they're in the gun, they are rockets. Uh, but if I had a rocket launcher, I could go to the power bin right. and get more rockets. Get if more I had rockets. a sniper rifle, I could go to the power bin and get more sniper bullets. Mm. Um, and these things deplete. They're not. They're finite. They they will they will run out. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's 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 kind of interesting. But yeah, most of the time I just use just always made sure to pick up the battle rifle at the at the yeah. base before setting out to do a thing. And pick that out, or the nearest equivalent, like which is the stalker rifle, which is effectively the replacement for the Covenant carbine. Right, right. Um, I mean, to be fair, I would do that in Halo Three. <laughs> I would yeah. just get the battle rifle, and if I run out, I'd use the carbine. Yeah, <laughs> also, also, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's it ended up being twenty five hours of that for me. Yeah, yeah um, fair. But that's but that's a thing. Twenty five yeah, hours, right? Yeah, that's a long campaign. Like. Admittedly, the actual campaign content of that, probably not that long. Most of that was me just traveling the world and trying to do stuff. But Of which, again, I wish there was a little more, right? It's a little bit... Mm. like All I'm really doing is going to place, fighting, banished, maybe destroying a thing. That's it. And when we say banished, we basically mean Covenant. The Covenant, yeah. yeah. Which is good, because that's what, what the original Halo got right was like that combat loop and like the combination of basically the equivalent of elites which these days is the brutes elites plus but, but, the, brutes. but there are elites yeah. as part of the banished with so the, with their like grunts and jackals or whatever like, i mean i think that's that's i think annoyingly like they've eroded that difference right. though like the grunts are still kind of the grunts and the jackals are still kind of the jackals but the um brutes and the elites like brutes can have shields they were pretty they, interchangeable look- in halo 3 because they needed to replace the elites for story reasons in halo yeah 3, yeah so they made the brutes like the elites but the brutes started out not having shields right and originally just, and just being more bullet spongy yeah yeah they were different um, they were very different where, whereas 3. now they're not you now you get brutes that you can take out in like two shots with a battle rifle yeah and it's like so they're really easy to take down um blue level elites are still shielded so you still gotta work a little bit to take those out but You'll get the red level ones, or you still get the red level ones and, and the white level ones. Right, there's, yeah. there's, there are there are definite levels. You still get like the big like there are brutes that are in like big red armor and have like yeah. like mega shields and a and they're on a card like ridiculous. Yeah, 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 massive hats and those are kind of a nightmare to take down. But yeah. 
aside from that, like all of all of the sort of creatures tend to sort of blend together a little more, and it's. I don't know if that's made better or worse by the fact that they can wield more weaponry. So it's not like the brutes always use brute weaponry. The brutes, you'll sometimes come across brutes like wielding, or quite a lot, wielding the UNSC shotgun. Oh, for weird. Instance. They'll, they'll be using UNSC that's weaponry. Weird. That's unusual, isn't it? You'll find grunts with sniper rifles I guess on their that's back. the replacement, because that's what you would get with the the flood could use everything, which was really weird. And there was that, like, they would have shotguns. Like, right, yeah, they? yeah. And then... There was always the one fucking flood with a rocket launcher. <laughs> it would just be like, yeah, a, the brutes can use UNSC yeah. rocket launchers every now and then, or like, right. yeah, or brutes will snipe now because they like using the skewer as a sniper. Weapon. Oh, really? Instead yeah. of just the jackals, you still get the jackals with their stalker rifles. You, but you very yeah. there isn't like an equivalent of the beam rifle anymore. Right. So they, you don't really come across those. Like <laughs> they were weird. Those coming with beam rifles. Yeah. So it's all a bit. I don't know. It's a bit strange. A bit all. Homologous? Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, homogeneous? Well, homogeneous, maybe, yeah. Like a lump of all the same stuff. Yeah. And then as I sort of was talking to you briefly, like before we did the podcast, it's like, I think that extends to the story as well. Given the weird place the universe was in, they have chosen to effectively sidestep it all. Yeah, well, maybe not a bad idea, given the bad <coughs> situation that story got into. Like, I mean, it was in a weird place, but they've kind of like they've skipped forward, like, and been like, nah, nah, nah. at least a year, probably and in real wave. time, and, and all of the interesting stuff has kind of already happened. Like the 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 AI war has happened. Forget that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the banished have entered the fray. The. Uh, it, yeah, Master Chief lost at some point, hence why they're on this ring, and he's been like unconscious for six months. Right. Uh, the UNSC lost the war against the Banished sure. at the start of the game, uh, none of which they really go into. Yeah. We've somehow locked down Cortana, or something has happened to Even Cortana she's during like all the this. Biggest threat ever. Yeah, something. something just happened. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, minor spoilers for like what happens at the end of the second mission before you even get to the open world. You get a new Cortana. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the weapon, as yeah. she's now known. Um, yeah. And there's some mysterious circumstance around. She was supposed to lock down Cortana and then delete herself, but she didn't. Um, uh, so you've still got. So she's still about. And effectively, like the game's story is basically one of just trying to tell you snippets of the backstory. Like, not huge amounts of detail here and there, just kind of what happened in the in the mission that led to the end of Cortana or whatever. And it's mostly told in holographic flashbacks that, like, this is their, this is their thing now. Like, there's data right, yeah. echoes in the air, and, and you as can, you walk into them or walk near them, they somehow some get... <laughs> yeah, they somehow face, get projected yeah. into your head. And it's... It's 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 not really very interesting. It's a real cheap and nasty way of doing story, like because it's not it doesn't involve me. Just think of all the crazy shit that was happening in Halo Two. It's like oh fucking Covenant yeah, invades yeah. Earth at the start, and then you're like all down, and then woo twist. Now you're playing as like Covenant guy, but there's like Covenant politics going on that you never heard of before, and then you like find the religious sect, guys, and then and the, then, and then yeah. the 
guilty spark is back and then oh what the fuck and then they go and they find a new halo and it's like holy shit like and so then, much stuff happens and then the brute rebellion on, yeah on, and then on they charity like the covenant capital city and, you're and all of this and is happening around flood, you and you're flight, in it flood invades the the uh the capital city of the covenant and you're right there and like the amount of shit that happens even though everyone and everyone's disappointed in that because it was like oh it didn't have an ending mm. or whatever and it's like who cares it, yeah the journey, the journey was great <laughs> it's like that had a good good fun i mean i'm not saying it's the greatest story but for a blockbuster yeah basically like i don't know if you compare it to something yeah i mean if i was to boil to take out the backstory stuff the story effectively boils down to there's a bad guy He's a bit angry. <laughs> He's a bad monkey. He's a bad monkey. Donkey Kong to shame. He, he realizes Master Chief is alive and wants to have an honorable fight with him. Which, question mark, whether that fight was honorable or not. But hey. Um, you already had the, the big brute the, fight in Halo 2 as well with the fucking brute yeah, guy. With Tartarus. Yeah, yeah, and he was the end boss. Uh, meanwhile, there's something else on this ring, never fully explained. There's uh, some other bad person on this ring whose intentions are never fully explained and you have to fight at what at, there's basically the end boss and uh and you beat them the end and that's like if you boil down the core storyline right, yeah. of what you as a player are doing yeah that's kind of it yeah and it kind of sucks yeah like so yeah, so I end up feeling like this is possibly the weakest narrative that a Halo game has ever had. Like even next to Halo Five, Five. and to a lesser extent Four, um, it's. Uh, but it plays nice, and it's nice that they're trying to do something different. But it, this isn't my Halo, yo. This isn't. Well, no. This isn't my Halo. This isn't what I'd like. It's, but you've, it's, it's you've not been very more on board on three four three stuff then because I was like, well, what's even the point after jump bungee? <laughs> sure, there you go. And I, and I can get behind that viewpoint. Yeah. Like, I, like I don't, I don't disagree with the people that have that viewpoint. It's like, but I think Halo four and five at least have their, they have their moments. Positive moments. Yeah, yeah. there are memorable thing, memorable things about those games. Mm. And it's like, I'm, I wonder, like, am I really going to remember Halo Infinite for its campaign? And I was like, I'm not sure I am, mm. honestly. Years from now, are you going to play? But the multiplayer, game of the year, freaking sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that might be what sways it. Honestly, it's like not Halo Infinite campaign. Halo Infinite multiplayer it's is free to play. Freaking amazing. Also. Yeah, it's it's just it just continues to be. And they've updated it now, so like the full pl there's a lot of playlists available now, so you can if you want to play Team Slayer and nothing but Team Slayer, like a lot of people do, you can do that now. Um, oh, they have. Yeah, oh, cool. they've added that in. They've added Fiesta playlists as, a, as its own thing, and free for all game modes, and there's now a lot more choice in what you're actually doing, and uh, it's all the better for it. I still think the quick play playlist is my favourite because it juggles between a bit of Slayer, a bit of Oddball, a bit of Capture the Flag, um, and feels the most Halo to me. Um, I think that's where it's at, but it's it's just incredibly well crafted. Honestly, I think it needs more content. Like it needs more levels for sure. Um, but it's um, it's it's a it's a very well crafted thing, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, and I can't really add to what I said last time on it. Really, it's just 
it's one of the best things I've played this year. <laughs> <laughs> but is it the best thing you've played this year? <laughs> we have come to the end of talking about games from this year. Unless Zach's been playing a game from this year, which I highly doubt. No. <laughs> a, a, surprise, <laughs> a surprise entry. Oxygen not included. All right. Well, shall we switch? What have you been playing? <laughs> I've been mostly playing. Oh, not included, I've also played some Satisfactory because I was finishing the Christmas event thing, mm-hmm. and it turns out you don't get shit for finishing the Christmas event thing. <laughs> it's like it makes it, you you're progressing up through this tech tree <laughs> where you're like compress. You're essentially compressing the Christmas items. Like take these two balls and mash them into four balls somehow. We're not really going to worry about that. <laughs> but like you, they you, divide. Well, <laughs> you combine each of the stages of the Christmas thing and it makes more and more complex things which is why I was saying I was just like I'm not going to scale this up I'm just going to go with what I what I started with and then however much of the end product I make I'll just go with that and then and then do other things while I wait for it to make however many I need which I did I just ended up like running around and exploring the world and collecting some of the hard drives Mm. to unlock the alternate recipes whereas really I should have been working on my actual factory because I'm I was like 90% of the way through rebuilding my whole steel factory in a new design that was better laid out and made better use of the resources that were next to it and all that stuff. And then I stopped playing for a while and then the Christmas thing happened. And now it's going to be real difficult to go back to that because I'm like, I've just forgotten what the hell I was even doing. And it's not all turned on. So I can't even like look at what's happening. I have to actually look at it and then be like, okay, what recipe is set in this machine? What do the numbers say? What was I trying to do with these numbers? Because, like, where does this belt go? It goes up here and then it goes into this splitter, which goes to three different places. And what percentage of the output was I sending to these three different places? I don't even know. The numbers, Mason, the numbers. Yeah, exactly. Although I think, from what I do remember about what I was doing in that factory, I'd specifically designed it so it basically, at each stage, each different item that that factory was making, I just designed it to be that it could theoretically output that that item at the maximum input rate it was getting so basically if if any one of those items backed up it would just it wouldn't actually affect the throughput of the whole factory so like the end products will come out at some speed that's not maximum speed because some of that some of the earlier stages will be filtered off to other things or to storage but then eventually if everything backs up it will ramp up to full speed on the end products i think i'd specifically designed it that way because i was just like i'm just the numbers get too complicated in that game at a certain <laughs> point you're just like i oh, just if you got a belt that has 240 iron on it just make 240 irons worth of whatever you're making and don't even bother trying to split that or anything <laughs> and then root that belt into 240 of the next thing so yeah that that's my steel factory problem also the other problem with that factory is that it needs it needs plastic and i have my first like oil refinery segment because i've only just reached the oil tech stage essentially mm. so i do have plastic but then i'm gonna have to build like a truck line and a truck station and somehow get that plastic into the factory build another truck but then i also want to build trains which is like the next unlock that i'm currently working on which is what i need this steel factory to make the parts for to build the trains and i'm like so do i do a truck line to get the plastic or do i wait until i have trains and just build a train instead but then i'm gonna have to have some amount of plastic so i'm gonna have to like manually ship it and then i you know then the christmas thing happened (laughs) but yeah you don't get shit for finishing the christmas thing you complete the last production target thing to make the giant christmas tree stars 
and then the giant Christmas tree in your base gets a star on top, and that's it. <laughs> 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 Which was kind of disappointing. I mean, the advent calendar was way more worthwhile. Mm. Just logging in. I mean, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it on the day or anything. You can just wait until the twenty fifth as fast and then open them. Open them all <laughs> like a real advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, get some free shit. That's probably the more important part of the Christmas event than anything actually Christmas related. There's an event running in Halo Infinite right now. I have no idea how it works. Like it says, do the event challenges to get stuff, and I like, and then doesn't tell me what the event challenges are. <laughs> do something. Yeah. Just keep playing and hope that something pops. I've got like level one out of ten, and that's it. And I don't know what it wants me to do. Weird. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I finished the Christmas thing, and now I'm I'm going to leave the Christmas factory there just to see what happens when the Christmas event ends. See how much of it just disappears or whatever. Mm. I mean, presumably only the actual Christmas trees and maybe the Christmas items. I feel like the Christmas items might stick around because you can just you can just put them into the resource sink and get tickets. Because mm. everything in that, well, almost everything in that game, you just dump into the you can just dump into the resource sink. Which is convenient because again, if you're doing the thing that I was saying, where you're just like you're designing your factory to maximum output of a belt and then just not worrying about it, you can at the end of that just have a like overflow that just dumps everything into re- into a resource sink, and then you're just getting tickets. Oh, I see. Because it doesn't. There's no like resources don't run out in satisfactory. It's only a throughput rate. I see. So you can just at a certain point every belt you just have an overflow into the resource sink. <laughs> and just delete it apart from for the light nuclear waste because they thought of that they were like oh we can't just let people delete nuclear waste because that defeats <laughs> the whole purpose of yeah, having yeah. nuclear waste anything actually polluted <laughs> but then that leads to the um, well from what I hear because I've never got to the nuclear stage in, in satisfactory but I hear that that led to the, you know, the obvious problem of like well what the fuck do you do with this nuclear waste then mm. you just put it in a storage container and then, because of the way radiation works in Satisfactory, the more the more radioactive stuff you have in a small space, the more dangerous the radiation is. So essentially, you're just going to make like a death zone somewhere on your map where you're storing all the nuclear waste. And you find the biggest hole you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be. I mean, there are mods for like here's the here's a nuclear waste bunker that's specifically designed for storing nuclear waste, so it doesn't create any radiation, <laughs> which is, again bypassing the whole problem. Mm. Still got to build it though. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but that, that's not difficult or anything. You just plonk it down. There's like, do they have like a half life on the radioactive waste? So it's occasionally, beca- so it eventually becomes benign, and no. you can like I mean, shove would, it in the sink. That would definitely be kind of cool, except you know, realistically, nuclear waste doesn't <laughs> doesn't degrade as quickly as that. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> but they, you know, the last updates to the actual sort of tech tree side of satisfactory, they did introduce basically something to do with the nuclear waste. Like you, you can just reprocess it into plutonium oh, okay. and then make plutonium mm. waste which is even worse but mm. and, or the other thing you can do is not do that and just convert it to plutonium and then that can go into the resource sink like if you don't oh, fully oh, use I the see. fuel you right. can actually just <laughs> you can actually just delete if, it if instead. you don't go all the way to the end of the chain you can just dump it yeah <laughs> so that's a bit weird but I don't know there are probably better ways to solve that but it's like it's so end game. I mean, I've never got to that point. I'm still. Once I get to that point, maybe I'll be annoyed. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, um, that was satisfactory. And then mainly, I've been playing more Oxygen Not Included DLC. I, I was going to talk about it again, mainly because like 
I kind of totally forgot to mention one of the main new mechanics, which I sort of got into earlier, was like the radiation mechanics. <laughs> one of the main new things they introduced, which I initially thought was going to be super annoying, because it's like radiation, obviously you have to constantly go into the radiation overlay, right? To be able mm. to see where the radiation is. And then it's got this weird, like, radiation sickness effect where you're not, you can't see that. Right. <laughs> it's just like it's a number that's going up inside your duplicate stats. And then when it reaches a certain level, they're exposed to enough radiation to get radiation sickness or whatever. Mm. So I figured that was going to be quite annoying. But, I mean, like many of the sort of things you would think would be annoying in that game, it's actually kind of... I wouldn't necessarily say it's too simplified, but it's like it's toned down in such a way that it actually is not too bad to deal with and in some ways actually useful. <laughs> like the thing about radiation is that the exposure rate for the for the actual duplicates, they can survive quite a lot. It does cause an annoying animation. Like every time they're exposed to a certain amount of radiation, they have a specific animation for being like, oh shit, radiation is hitting me. Oh, right. Which actually, like, that's the most annoying part of it is like they have to play this animation so they're wasting time. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> they're like sort of walk around almost like going, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Always. Deus Ex poison. Ugh. But only, only like, it's not quite once a day. There's like, there's obviously some kind of hidden countdown to those kind of animations in Oxygen Not Included. Because you get the same thing where like if they walk through water or whatever they get the soggy feet debuff okay. and then when they step out they have an animation for that mm. but that doesn't play every time they stand in water oh, there's see. like a certain period after it played once where before it plays again it's got a cool down yeah essentially so yeah the radiation effect is similar to that which is like this extra animation which is, can be slightly annoying especially if it's like well getting into the uses of radiation that I've, where I was like I, I first thought it was annoying but it turned out to be useful mm. So one one when they changed food spoilage so that food's properly spoiled and everything, one of the things that I that you used to do was like have a food storage room that's in carbon dioxide, so that's sterile. But now you have to refrigerate that as well. And I'd previously said that like the way I did that was using that the weaselwort plant that just creates cold, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. It consumes heat and creates cold. And in the DLC, because originally the Weezwarts were free, like in early versions, like before the actual game came out, the Weezwarts were just free. Then near launch, they basically nerfed them to make it so that you had to feed them. <laughs> you had to give them a, some amount of input to get this basically free cooling. So that was like the first nerf. But then in the DLC, they sort of nerfed them again, where the Weezwarts now output radiation. Oh, so radiate your food. Yeah, but the thing is, so that's annoying for when they go when my when they walk through the door to the food storage room, they get hit in the face by the radiation, so they have to play the radiation yeah. animation, and then probably the doors open behind them, so all the like heat is leaking out. <laughs> so it's like it slightly reduces the efficiency of the of cooling your food storage. But then, of course, what radiation also does is kill germs. So it's oh. actually an advantage to have the Weezwarts in your food room because then if any germs get in there, they just get killed by the radiation. Interesting. Can you give like a dude like a radiation suit whenever they go get a food? Then, well, you could, but then that's a whole other animation as yeah. well. <laughs> they have to go through through the radiation suit checkpoint. So can you make like a room of like just connected ducts where you've got your Weezwart room and it's like? Well, yeah, but I mean, having focused cooling, like putting your your Weezwarts in one place, is and, then, a sort yeah, and of, then using ducts to yeah, just like, move the heat around. Yeah. That is kind of an idea. But I mean, like, because like I said, initially when I saw that they output radiation, I was like, oh shit, that's going to ruin the possibility of putting them in the food room because then all my duplicates are going to get irradiated. But it's not actually enough 
that it matters to a duplicate, but right, it does right. still kill the germs. Mm. I see. And then I used that on one of my other asteroids because one of the other asteroids had like a crashed satellite on the surface that was putting out a shit ton of radiation. But then like, because radiation degrades with like how many blocks it pass through, passes through essentially mm. and like different materials are more or less more penetrated. Yeah. So like on this planet, I was like, oh, I can just, I can build my bathrooms immediately below where this crash satellite is, but behind enough tiles so it's not a dangerous amount of radiation, but it will helpfully sterilize my bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't have to worry about the food poisoning germs getting out so easily. <laughs> Radiate that poop. Yeah. Which is also helpful because now you can use poop essentially for oxygen with the with the sublimation station that takes polluted dirt and then just makes polluted oxygen out of it. But then if that has germs on, all the germs go into the air. But ah. then you just build that in the radiation zone as well. <laughs> Radiate that. <laughs> How handy. But yeah, so radiation is like not as dangerous as you'd think it is, except obviously there are these high radiation sources like the crash satellites mm -hmm. and then obviously you just build the lead suits so they can it's like the atmo suits as far apart from with lead mm. which also gives another reason to actually have lead i guess yeah <laughs> but yeah you just have a radiation suit but then there's the more complicated mechanics of radiation so one of the they when they sort of extended and rebalanced the tech tree one of the types of research is essentially radiation research where you have to you have to build little radiation collectors that collect radiation from the environment and then like shoot it into the building and then the building uses the stored radiation to actually do the research points and that's like the that's one of the new mechanics of the radiation is like storing it into these they're called rad bolts <laughs> but they because they're rad, rad. <laughs> yes because it, it like physically shoots them you actually have to like path them. Like they have little reflecting like mirrors almost where you shoot huh. the rad, rad bolts in and then shoot them back out in a different direction. And like the distance they travel, they degrade over time. And if they hit someone, then that does like tons of radiation damage, <laughs> which is really annoying because when your researcher is, for example, standing at the research station that uses radiation, the port where the radiation is meant to go in is like at head height, like next to them. So you you kind of can't come have the radiation come in from the right because then it would pass through where they stand. You have to come in from the left where the where the port is not obstructed by people standing in the way. <laughs> Which I fucked up once where it was just like my guy was trying to research and he I'd set it up so the so that the radiation only tried to refill the machine once he'd depleted it a bit so I didn't notice for a while so he depleted it and then just he was just standing there trying to research but the radiation was just hit you in the head constantly because <laughs> I misaligned the shot <laughs> until he eventually nearly died except they don't really when their health runs out they go into like incapacitated where mm. you can still pick them up and take them to the hospital basically which is that but I, I didn't notice until that alert popped up <laughs> where it's like oh shit you got incapacitated because radiation was just shooting you in the face constantly <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the reactors the nuclear reactors that like as I described earlier kind of complicated because they don't work on exactly the normal system because as I said, they have a pipe input for coolant, so you put water in, but no outputs, because what it does is, like, it heats it up inside the building and then just, like, vents it, so, like, it just vents hot steam into the environment, mm. and then usually you capture that with the steam engines or whatever. But the tr trouble is that this does get into, like, wiki territory, where it has, like, 
they're not exactly hidden mechanics, but it's like you wouldn't necessarily understand unless you surprise look, mechanics <laughs> unless you looked at it very precisely. Because it's like the mass of fuel that's in the building influences how hot the steam comes out of it. Because it's like it's using the thermal mass of the fuel, transferring some of that to the to the water to turn it to steam, and then venting it. But mm. it does it dependent on like the coolant input rate is dependent on how f- much fuel you have because it's heating up the same amount of water for less mass. So in actual fact, you like it's very difficult to to run the reactor by just letting it get full naturally. Like it can take like 200 kilograms or something of enriched uranium, but that's like way too much to handle. It like puts out so much heat that's almost impossible to actually manage. Right. So you do actually have to like, you know, create some automated <laughs> system to limit its fuel input flow. Mm. But you wouldn't know that unless you either experimented or just read the wiki to right. find out so it'll just melt down right yeah so it, it's weird because you think like the steam output might be the problem but the steam output is sort of handleable even at maximum fuel input but what it also does which it also doesn't tell you can't you just put control rods in to well, moderate the yeah, you neutrons but i guess these are like you know the whole idea of oxygen included is this such weird janky survivalist technology right right which somehow still lets you build a nuclear reactor but don't worry about that okay (laughs) (laughs) but the other problem is like the steam is manageable but the other thing it outputs that it doesn't tell you about is it just like it just also shoots out nuclear waste onto the floor (laughs) and like when i say nuclear waste it's like it's actually a liquid so it's just like this big pool of nuclear waste builds up at the bottom and that has so much more heat than even the steam because it has a much higher heat capacity So, and then you have to, because it's at the bottom of the room, it's really far away from the steam engine input, so the heat doesn't transfer very well. And that's the actual problem. So you have to, like, I, the design I've come up with basically has, like, a little door at the bottom of the room where when the nuclear waste goes up to a certain level, it just opens and just, like, poops it out the side <laughs> into just, like, a pool that's in you vacuum. You can't use like, any of that heat, then. Well, you, you could. Like, I'm planning that I you might be able to reclaim that heat by building a separate heating loop that then dips like a pipe through that nuclear waste cycle. Yeah. yeah, essentially. Unfortunately, you can't... My original idea was to use the nuclear waste directly, like suck it up into a pump, because it has like a really good heat capacity, which is rare. Like water is like your basic... Yeah. Most of the game, you're going to use that for coolant, and that's Working got like fluid, yeah. 2.4 on the heat capacity. And then the late game one is super coolant, which you have to get some very rare resources to make, and that's like 8. But nuclear waste is like 7. And I was like, wow. oh shit, that's actually really good. Mm. But unfortunately, they kind of prevent you from doing that, because whenever a nuclear waste goes through a machine... It breaks it. Well, it doesn't break it immediately, but it like it leaks out, so you like pulls the nuclear waste all over the place. And then <laughs> sometimes if it's in storage, it degrades that... So it's not you can't really use can't, it as an actual yeah as a fluid working fluid that would be crazy. But then, much like satisfactory, what are you going to do with this? Because in the end, giant pool of nuclear waste. I mean, obviously, in oxygen, you can just vent it to space. As long so, as it's a liquid, just yeah. pump it into space and it disappears. <laughs> Once it gets a solid, you might have more of a problem. Except not really, because then you could just sweep it into a pile and <laughs> does it fall back if it's a solid? Then is that a problem, or because they're not like guns you can just shove it into space well no that's the weird thing like liquids and gas if you vent them into space they just disappear but the solids they just sit there huh. no, <laughs> they don't like just keep escape, yeah they don't just fly gravity. away yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's but then so 
the reason for building these nuclear reactors is not so much even the heat. I mean, obviously, there's a shit ton of heat, so you can use that to make electricity. But it's a, a huge amount of radiation, which then obviously you can use the radiation collectors to turn into rad bolts and then shoot that into even research, but probably at that point of the game, the nuclear-powered rockets. You shoot the rad bolts into the, into the rocket engine and then just use that to power your space flight, huh. which is late game-ish. Shoot the, it's not really the rocket propelling itself. You're literally like, well, I mean, firing the, stuff into it to the, give it momentum. The rad bolts go into a storage tank inside the rocket, so oh, okay. it's still technically a rocket style of shooting it out the back. But then the other weird thing that you can do with radiation is like mutate plants. So if if plants are growing in a, a high area of radiation, when you harvest them, they have a chance to get a muta- mutant seed, hmm. and then those can have different effects. Except it's kind of annoying because, like, well, firstly it's random, so you just have to grow a plant next to a radiation source forever and just keep harvesting it and hope you get the seeds because the the mutated seeds can't multiply themselves. Oh, I see. So if you're looking right. to get one specific mutation, you can't really do that. You just have to keep growing the original plant over and over and over and hope you build up a stock of that one specific mutation you want. I see. So you can't, like, then... Was it propagate that one? Yeah, that you one. can't propagate that, the mutated seed. Yeah, okay. And then the other slightly awkward thing is mutated seeds have to grow in radiation. Not nearly as much as to cause the mutation, but you have to have some amount of radiation in the vicinity for them to grow at oh, all. that's weird. But, and then, like, so, the mutations aren't, I haven't really, I mean, I think I've seen all the different possible mutations on this one type of plant I was growing, because I just, basically, I'd set it up to just run forever while I was doing other things hmm. next to one of the crash satellites. So you I didn't even have a pile of seeds. To, like. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then I just re- researched those to see what the mutations were. And, like, not many of them are particularly useful. There's obvious ones where it's like you can grow the plant in a wider range of temperatures mm. or you can grow the plant in a narrow range of temperatures, but it outputs more. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a almost risk reward kind of thing. Mm. But the weird thing is like, I think all the plants have the same set of mutations. So like there's probably like 10 different things they can have, but each different plant can still have those 10. Okay. But there's one specific plant that you can grow which has always seemed a bit like cheesy. I don't know, like 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 it's not finished in some way. But you, there's this one specific specific plant you can grow, which is only actually used to make medicine. Mm. But it grows basically for free. Like it only it has to be in an atmosphere of chlorine, but it doesn't actually use any inputs. Okay, so it just sits there and grows. Huh. Which is is I mean. When plants are wild, that's just how plants work. But they grow like four times slower in the wild, mm-hmm. which is the penalty to letting plants grow wild. Whereas if you farm them, you have to feed them, but they grow four times quicker. But this specific plant, you can farm it, like put it in a farm tile so it grows four times quicker, but it still doesn't actually use anything. <laughs> and that was the plant I was testing the mutations with because I was just like, I'll just set that up and it can just run because it doesn't use any resources. But one of the mutations you can get is the like it's the lysy mutation where it basically crossbreeds with meal lice where it gets lice on this other plant <laughs> and meal lice is a food right but basically what that means is the mutation is that when you harvest the plant with the lysy mutation you just get some free meal lice but this specific plant i'm talking about doesn't cost anything to grow so it's basically infinite free, free food, food. <laughs> huh 
<laughs> but then you obviously have to grind to get the seed to make this one specific mutation of this one specific plant, and you do have to grow it in a radiation environment, which is not yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% free, so except for these so press sunlight. It's not that common, but... but. But yeah, but in the long term, you theoretically could make an entirely free food source using this mm. weird one plant and one specific mutation. But it would take a long time because generating these muta- mutated seeds is annoyingly like it depends on the ambient radiation. And I'm using these crash satellites because they put out quite a lot of radiation. So you grow the plants right next to the crash satellite to get as mm. much radiation in, in them as possible. Mm. But it's not like nearly close enough to the maximum that would. The higher up the radiation is, the better the chance of it dropping the mutant seed. I see. So even with the crash satellites, it's still probably not even like a 20% chance of actually mutating. Okay. So you, if you really wanted to do this, you probably would have to build the nuclear reactor and use that radiation because that's way stronger, hmm. <laughs> which I was thinking about doing. So the, the, the whole I went into a sandbox map to try out this design for a nuclear reactor to see if First of all, to see if I could even control it. To be like, it's just putting out so much heat, it just destroys itself. So I eventually worked out a design that probably will be manageable. But then I was like, and can I also harvest the radiation? Probably. Like, if you have, I have it in like a sort of a, a pit, and then the walls of the chamber are made of gold because gold is really easily penetrated by radiation. So it doesn't really shield it at all. And it's in a vacuum, so the, the gold doesn't transmit the heat out. <laughs> but then you've got, like, on one side, I've got the radiation collectors to make rad bolts for a, for a rocket. And then on the other side, I've got space that I can theoretically put a farm and expose it to a shit ton of radiation. Mm. So, yes, the radiation system is quite weird and, like, not as dangerous as, and more useful than you think. Mm. But that is one of the main new systems. It's not sounds like the major. New well, system. I mean, apart from all yeah. the space adjustments, sure, sure. But this sounds like the biggest, yeah, in a way. Oh, and I, I, there's also like a new animal related to radiation: the beta, which is just a bee that eats uranium. <laughs> okay, it's actually weird because it's like it, it eats uranium, or it picks up uranium, shoves it in the hive, and then it converts it into enriched uranium. Not honey. No, obviously. Not but green honey. But the thing is, like, the conversion rate of the bees is way higher than, like, the uranium centrifuge. So you don't actually want to centrifuge uranium yourself to make enriched uranium. You want to just feed it to bees. <laughs> Radioactive bees! And they're meant to, like, sting you. Like, they're meant to be aggressive. <laughs> of course. They're meant to be aggressive. But for some reason, the ones that I found aren't. And again, this is another one of those... Tame bees. Well, it's, they're not tame exactly because you can't actually tame them in the way you can with normal critters. Like, there's no there's no interaction with, like, the stable or whatever. So they're just they're always just wild. You can sort of manipulate them to create new nests by, like, moving one of the babies to a new location where it can't navigate back to the original nest. It kind of automatically builds a nest itself. Yeah. Right. So you can breed more, essentially. And they're meant to be aggressive and stingy, but I've never seen it happen for some reason. And like, this is another one of those mechanics where it doesn't know, where nowhere in the game does it actually explain this. But apparently, if you, if you feed them or if you pump carbon dioxide into the room, so the atmosphere is carbon dioxide, they go to sleep, like sort of like, like real bees do with smoke or whatever. Right. Uh, so you can kind of smoke them up and then you can harvest the hives without them attacking you. Hmm. But I've never 
they've never attacked me. <laughs> and there's <laughs> not any carbon dioxide down here. I just walk in and just take the shit out of the hive and it's fine. <laughs> and there's a specific achievement for it as well because it's like harvest the uranium out of a hive without getting stuck. And the, I, at first I was like, well, I'll build, I'll build doors around the hive and then I'll have a, a detector that detects how many animals there are and then when all the bees are flown away it will just close the doors so I can just walk in there and harvest the shit and it's like that worked but then every other time I've just walked in there and just taken it and the right. bees don't seem to care <laughs> I'm just like why is this working maybe they're like oh you've got us figured out so <laughs> what's the point I think it might have to do with because I built the doors around the hive Right, the hive counts as being in a separate room Oh, right. So, so they don't, don't kind of detect that you're in there. They don't Maybe. even know. It's weird. It's a weird system. But again, game doesn't really tell you that, that there's this whole thing with carbon dioxide. Technically, it does sort of. Like, in if you look at the bees, it tells you that they will consume carbon dioxide at 100 grams a second with no output. So it's like you can feed them carbon dioxide, but it doesn't right. tell you why or what that does. Right. Huh. You have to figure that out by... Trying to and make also, an analogy with real bees. And also, you wouldn't have even been able to necessarily test that because the environment that bees spawn in is a really cold environment. And all the carbon dioxide just liquefies in that cold temperature. Oh, wow. So you can actually have a, li- a carbon dioxide atmosphere where the bees naturally exist. Because mm. <laughs> it would immediately drift onto the floor. Yeah, I guess maybe that's their clue. Well, maybe, but not really. Because yeah. it's like... I mean, maybe you would have figured it out by saying, like, oh, look, this is a really convenient way to get rid of tons of excess carbon dioxide. You just feed it to these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a problem in my main base. Well, actually, hydrogen is more of a problem in my main base at the moment. I'm currently just, every time, I just have a, a little alert device connected to my hydrogen tanks, and every time they get full, I just basically put it into a physical canister and just put it on the floor. Which yeah. means I've now got, like, I don't know, like 10 tons of hydrogen in canisters on the floor, which is a bit of a, like, exploity way of dealing with it. It's effectively infinite storage, except without infinite storage, which you can do. But I was like, I don't want to build an actual infinite storage. I'll just do it this slightly manual-ish way that's really awkward, and I probably should just build an infinite storage at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you can just put radiation in the infinite storage, surely. I mean, I guess. But yeah. It's a, I think the trouble that I'm having now is that I've reached a point where I might have to stop playing because it's just running so badly. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think my old ass system can quite handle this much new shit and all these different planets. Upgrade time. Because the thing is, it's it's fake different maps. Like it it's actually running just one big map. Mm. It's just hiding the other bits while you're not looking at them because sometimes you can see icons or effects that are like outside the map you're currently on because it's like you're seeing through the fog of war to the other map yeah (laughs) so it's obviously just running one big map and i would assume that it probably is bigger than one of the original game's maps so it is doing more and i don't think my system can handle that much more (laughs) it's just the frame rate is getting real low so isn't that a, like a weird problem with the factory games genre in general? Well, yeah, that, like having an old machine is gonna is gonna real scuffer you. But as we've also said several times, the like the problem with factory games is you can't. It's not graphics card based; it's CPU based, which yeah. is not as easily upgradable. No, that's a new machine right there. Yeah. yeah, and it's surprising how long my current machine has managed to keep up with these factory games. Even I tell you what, you've done well. Yep. You have, you have made it last. 
Although you can't run Halo Infinite, so you know that's a that's a problem. <laughs> well, that's more of a Windows 10 thing. Though. Yeah, I mean, I'm also the requirements probably are way higher. Than the, the requirements for like yeah, Halo Infinite on Windows are quite high, like surprisingly high. Mm. Like I don't know, like the, the graphics card requirement is a 1060, but it's still Ooh, a, it's a but it's a 1060 graphics card yeah. requirement, so it's. Yeah, so not as scalable as you might have thought, I guess. <laughs> no, I guess. And I think that's more or less what I've been playing. I was trying to remember if there was anything. Else. I mean, I've been randomly running through Deep Rock Galactic with Rob sometimes, and sometimes by myself, churning out more Because mis- by myself, I've started playing the Engineer, which is the class that Rob plays when we're yeah, playing yeah. together. Hot potato. <laughs> yes. Except I've been using the proximity mine, so I don't get to say hot potato. <laughs> I get to say a lot of weird things like bug traps. Like, oh, really? He has he has different, completely different voice lines for setting up the prox lines, hmm. and they're more useful than I thought they were going to be. Really? Okay. Because because oh. the thing about them is that they don't. It's not a single explosion is the main thing. Oh, they sit there and then they can explode like five or six times before they before they actually run out. Oh, that is interesting. And if they if they don't go off at all, you can pick them back up. But if they've gone off once, you can't pick them. You can back leave. Up. Yeah. That's okay. That's that's more. That's better than I thought. I, yeah. I immediately assumed there'd be a one and done, and it's like that's not very effective. Like, Unless you have a, like a lot of them, then that would sort of compensate. Yeah, yeah. But compared s- to my like plasma nades, I just chuck and explode like seven times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they are slightly useful because you can cover different areas, of course. And then I've also in in my slightly different way of playing the Rob's engineer, I've been using the single directional turret rather than the two turrets. Oh, okay. Which is sort of useful i mean i wish that i wish the i wish there was a part of the turret upgrade tree that just gave it more ammo internally not, yeah not ammo total but like ammo you can put into the turret yeah that might be because <laughs> nice. you have to go back to that to refill it so often mm. it just eats ammo that might be nice and i also did that stupid achievement for grinding a pipe for two minutes <laughs> Oh, did you? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I coincidentally I had a refining mission that was in the salt caves, and those tend to generate big flat rooms. Mm. So I was like, ah, oh, this is the perfect environment. Did you make just... a half pipe? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, I'll just loop the pipe all the way around the room, and then just like spiral inwards, so this pipe just covers the entire room round and round and round and round. <laughs> Blimey. And two minutes is a fucking long time. Yeah. But also because it's flat, you don't gain any speed. So you're moving at about the slowest speed you can when you're grinding the pipe, which <laughs> limits how much pipe you have to make somewhat. But yeah, so I just like loop. But then the trouble with that is that you're spending all this time building a pipe, mm. but the enemy waves are still coming. Are still and you're going to run out of ammo eventually. So you're just like, <laughs> you are technically in a sort of a race against time to get this achievement done. But yeah, I did eventually get it. And I, I, Unless you can, as I said, you can build like a half pipe and sort of, can, can you get it to sort of like swing between the I two I don't sides? think you can. I think if you're going forwards, it always goes forwards. It just goes yeah. really slow uphill. Right. So you can't like stay still or just sit in a dip. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so I did that achievement. And then the actual problem with it is after I'd been there for like forever setting up this ridiculous loop of pipes you still actually have to finish the mission as well. Yeah, uh, and that means you have to build this whole pipe. Well, you either have to dismantle the whole pipe and rebuild it short, or just build this whole ridiculous loop of pipe and connect it to one of the pumps. What did you do? I just built it. <laughs> I, I kind of predicted that, that was I was going to have to just connect it up, so I'd left a gap to one of the 
refining points. Mm. So at the end, I can just link it up and then just build the whole thing. Which is also because it's solo, you have the robot that helps you. You can just tell it to build the pipe. And oh, then okay. it can continue yeah. doing that even while you're fighting a wave or whatever. Right, right. So that made it take slightly less time. Mm. <laughs> but still quite a lot of pipe to fucking build. Mm. I, think I'm, I think I've heard every single one of the different engineer barks of building pipes <laughs> come on every one of those bits of pipe I had to build. <laughs> but I got that achievement done. <laughs> yeah, there really are quite a lot of, like several of the more awkward achievements in that game really are kind of, well, they're not as as time-consuming as that one, probably, but they are more awkward. I think, the naturally, as always with multiplayer games, the worst ones are the ones where you require, like, a full... Well, not necessarily a full team, because it usually just requires multiplayer, like, mm. every dwarf in the mission, so two would count. Oh, but it doesn't count it for you, just you. Yeah, but it doesn't count, you count it by yourself. Mm. But then, like, those are one, like, there's, like ride on the drill dozer and every individual dwarf gets 15 kills while you're on the drill dozer oh okay which that could be a little tough yeah it could be a little tricky because you'd have to yeah i mean you'd want you'd be in the wave as it's tunneling yeah you'd have to be shooting back at them and every each individual dwarf would have to make sure that they actually get 15 kills engineer in particular isn't very long range yeah i mean uh, you know that's probably easier if you turn up the difficulty so the waves get bigger oh sure you have more targets to shoot yeah okay good point but then there's also a similar one for like riding on a silicate harvester and getting kills. <laughs> right, you've we, attempted that before. Yeah, we attempted that for a minute, but like, well, it's quite hard to stay on the silicate harvesters because <laughs> they just have their mind of their own and they'll just like climb up walls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like try to ride the mule as well. That one's slightly easier. Stay on the mule for thirty seconds or whatever. Do yeah, that in yeah. multiplayer. I think I got that one. Yeah. But yeah, those kind of achievements are slightly awkward, mainly for the getting the kills more than anything else because you have to distribute the kills between everyone who's there. <laughs> I've got my I've got my number, I'm stopping. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so that's that's what's going on with Derek. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to get more people in. So we can have a bit <laughs> so we can of have a, crew, a full team. So we can have a bit of a crew go. Turn it up to difficulty five. Yeah. Get, oh I have to unlock lethal mode first. <laughs> well, or maybe you don't. I don't know. I don't know how it locks you out of that because like it's I have it's an assignment. Obviously. Yeah, it's an assignment. Well, yeah, I know how you get it, but I mean, I have it unlocked. So, oh, but you, but oh, but if you're the host, if I yeah. hosted and triggered that mission, could I put it in? Could you put five? it in five? Yeah, interesting. Because I mean, that, I, it seemed like I could start a deep dive before you'd got to the point where you could have unlocked a deep dive before you'd promoted. Yeah, I don't know, probably. But I think we did. We try that, and it said that the everyone in the team has to be promoted, but we'd only. Tr- I don't. That was only after I triggered the menu I can't remember I suppose we can log in with me as another class and see what, see well, what it does I mean, yeah that's true because <laughs> it doesn't count your that is individual class rank not your overall rank mm. that matters but we haven't been doing we haven't been doing deep dives we haven't been doing the new missions because we've still got Rob's assignments to do still forever assignments always assignments yeah yeah get those get those uh, blank modules well I mean yeah now that Rob can actually get the, the overclock modules although we really should get that get that smart smart rifle yeah, so see what that's like. Yeah, because I haven't got that on my side. <laughs> engineer either. I've got the. Actually, I don't think I have the breach cutter yet. I think I've only done the the second primary, the the SMG one. So what about those triple spinning wild lasers? <laughs> yeah, that does look way more useful than its standard firing <laughs> it's, method. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. We haven't done a boss fight. I think since you got that, have we? 
No, well, we, I want we, to we see how much damage that will do. Yeah, yeah. Because it seems like that'll be real useful if you can if you can get the spinning blades and just position directly on the butt of the enemy as it's doing an attack, so it's staying still. Yeah, it's great because the spin slows it. The spin's an overclock, and the spin slows it down. Yeah, so it stays in place for longer. Um, but then you can like one of the one of the mate normal upgrades just adds three beams to it vertically, so you end up with this wall of death just spinning around. <laughs> it's it, it, it doesn't do a huge amount of like immediate damage, but no. if you like like land it on a bigger enemy, it will start chipping it quite for quite a while. Yeah, mm. I definitely want to see how that works with the bosses. Because that's been it's like I when I've been playing the engineer by myself. I mean, the shotgun is more useful than I thought it was in, at range because <laughs> it's, it's not it's great at range. Right. But no, it's it, all it, right. It, it does. It, it doesn't nearly do as much damage as you want it to no. at range. But I did. I did naturally. I chose the upgrades that are like tighter choke angle. Or oh, you, you choked it. See, I yeah, I don't do that because you're I, just going to damage it, output. Yeah, because because you're output. there, you can take it. Yeah. Normally, when you've got long range weaponry, you can take out everything else, and I'll worry yeah. about the stuff that's in my face. Yeah. But yeah, I was using the choke angle. But then, like that second one, the SMG, the electric SMG, it's more powerful, better at range. But you have so little ammo. Yeah, it just eats ammo so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not really usable. I've used it a few times, but it's like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's I, a I, challenge. I think the overclock I had, had was trying to use for it was sort of compensating for that a little bit because I had. I think I had an overclock that. I think it gave it more electric damage so it had a better chance to shock and then the shock does damage over time and then you combine that with the standard upgrades that like chain the shocks to adjacent enemies okay so it's like if you can upgrade that electric damage output you can kind of effectively use less ammo (laughs) right right and also obviously shocks slow enemies a lot which helps to keep them in place for your turrets Mm. to shoot and all that kind of stuff (laughs) but yes I've been playing Engineer by myself. Me and Rob have been continuing to play and continuing to fail more than we should. <laughs> oh, it's just because moments of stupidity, right? It's like, oh, Zach's dead, but he died from, like, the cave leech in the sky. So I just charge over there like an idiot, completely <laughs> forgetting that it was a cave leech that he just grabbed. And it's like, oh, well, that's game over. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, was, that was a particularly dumb one. <laughs> that was a really dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally forgot that that's what killed you. I just ran over there and was like... Oh yeah, and <laughs> now I'm dead as well. And I had, I did get a nice death cam of that, where it's just like, oh look, here comes Rob, here comes the cable each arm sticking down from the ceiling to grab him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really stupid, but I did find it very funny. <laughs> and that's that. And that's probably the end of this podcast, I guess. Hmm. It's a podcast. So Zach's game of the year, Factory Town, I guess. Slash Oddy DLC, best DLC of the year. As much as I love Halo Infinite's multiplayer, <laughs> I'm leaning Psychonauts. Psychonauts too. Yeah. I mean, good old Tim Schafer. He's yeah. He's, he's, he's well, he sometimes succeeds. He, this time, it took a while. It took a while, there. but they got there. Yeah. And with, with, with special shout out to Hyrule Warriors because like if it, oh, if yeah. it had come out this year, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. We have succeeded. Play Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> Hell's yeah! It is fun, fun times. Uh, cool. Thank you for joining us uh, for our annual goatee-ish 
goatee-ish. Yeah. Uh, a goatee Mainly a standard cast. We're, we're of a standard length. So, Christmas treat for you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to listen to us for three hours. Yeah. Only the regular. Two Only the regular. Not that much debate. And now that E3 isn't a thing anymore, we no longer have stupid length podcasts. So, hooray. Mostly. <laughs> we're, we're calming down in our old age. Is yeah, that what it is? We are mellowing. But join us <laughs> in a couple of weeks for another couple of hours of podcast. Uh, see you then. It's a podcast. Bye.